0: Down to it boppers.
1: Hey,
2: buddies, it's the Ron and Fez Show, and the long December begins today. Oh, that song. Yeah, where is it? Where do we have that song? Uh And, of course, today starts <coughs> Winter Wonderland, where we give out a ton of prizes all throughout December. <coughs> this is the big thing, Chris. This is what we... Work towards every year. Love it. Because we, we just get
1: so much shit signed. And we have yeah. so many great prizes that are all incredibly unique and that people will just cherish forever. It's awesome.
2: So we'll read off that list tomorrow. Or perhaps even post on the uh tonight. Uh, but the prizes just keep coming. Yeah, uh, Yesterday, we did the Fez uh, caption winner. Big ups to Patrick Eldridge. Patrick Eldridge. Who... Unfortunately for you, Patrick, you're a November winner, so you're not in for the grand prize, which will be pronounced.
1: Sucks to be you.
2: It does. Well, I guess you're getting a prize, though, so. It still sucks. (laughs) If I was Patrick Eldridge right now, I'd be like, my life is fucking awful. Fuck yeah. It's like getting five numbers in the Powerball. The smell of hospitals and winter. And you know what I feel like? It's all oysters and no pearls. I believe uh, tonight's cover will be uh, Long December. It was up to me we'd only do Long December covers throughout Long December. (laughs) That'd be crazy. I'm always trying to get that. I felt like I heard a chord there for a second. Um, But uh, I've always wanted that to become the new Rick Roll. And I just can't seem to get it over. It blows. I don't
1: even know how the Rick Roll became the Rick Roll.
2: Well, if anyone wants to Rick Roll me with Long December, you could always write to me at <laughs> Uh That is everybody but Patrick Eldridge, who, to me, is just Mr. November. Mm-hmm.
1: Sucks to be
2: you, Mr. November. Uh, today's uh, big prize. Uh, holy shit. Holy shit. Uh, Well-respected. Signed by Ray Davies. The great Ray Davies of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And we're doing that prize. is going to be five easy pieces. Five easy pieces. Which will be up on the Bang. Um, this is the kind of prize you get for your dad, uh, an uncle, a oh, brother. Man. And say, oh wait, what did you get me? Uh, a fucking case of beer again? <laughs> I just got you something signed by Ray Davies of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, I'm going to
2: finish this beer in the fucking <laughs> afternoon. Right, and you have a family heirloom. That's right. That your fucking grandchildren will be able to sit around and go like this. My grandpa left this to me, Ray Davies. Now I'm going to finish this beer, but I'm still pissed. Because here's the weird thing. You know, time goes by, and really, Ray Davies, let's suppose, like, in your family, you had a book signed by Oscar Wilde, right? Huh. Uh, that would be phenomenal. That's the way this Ray Davies thing is going to fucking play one day. That's right. It'll be that kind of a family collectible. Uh, Speaking of the Oscar Wilde, they had to go out of their way to uh, his gravestone to scrub it down and then put glass around it because people go to Oscar Wilde's grave site and kiss his gravestone. I believe he's in the same crazy cemetery that Morrison is in France. Where people just go drunk and they fucking lay on the graves and they oh, fucking whack down. Yeah. And in the case of Oscar Wilde, they make out with a gravestone. Alright. Now I like to think of myself as a guy who won't turn down from a uh, uh a dare. I don't know if I could lick a
1: gravestone. I think I could. I don't, I think I just could all whack Wait, down and pass out.
2: Let's not even play think with uh, you. Yeah, dude. I know I
1: would, yeah. I could, well, that's, you that's, would, fuck, it's a given.
2: You would if somebody had spilt chocolate milk on it. <laughs>
1: It's a chocolatey (laughs) good. Seriously, you can still get plenty of the nutrients. Yeah, the body's under the ground. The gravestone's fine. Just a rock.
2: I am telling you something right now. And the show's turning around, and we're coming out of December strong. It's fucking... It's not a long December for us. It's a strong December. Fez Watley, we're looking for a new angle from him. He had one of his meltdown days yesterday. Him and... uh, Baby Zeets, were just in the fight of a lifetime. I know Zeats felt bad. Fez felt bad. Then some of it, after the show, Fez said, I was just kidding, which really, at fucking 9.30 last night, I'm at a fucking film screening, and I start laughing in the middle of it. I'm seeing The Artist, which is a silent film, and then I just start laughing, thinking what Fez said, I was really just kidding. Because I don't, maybe at that moment he thought he was kidding... I don't know.
1: I didn't think so.
2: But it's we're going to, to try to form the new Fez Watley. And I've got an idea for Fez, and I haven't even explained this to him, but I feel good about it. I think he's going to be the Michael Caine guy. I think Fez is going to be the guy who does a Michael Caine impression better than anyone else. Now, in Britain... Doing a Michael Caine is like doing a Jack Nicholson over here. It's so ingrained in every single person. They love it. But think about it. Do we even have a fucking American who does a Michael Caine? So, Fez, do uh, you have the big glasses?
3: Um, I have my regular glasses. That's
2: ridiculous. You need your big, oversized Michael Caine glasses. I will get some giant glasses. All right. And let's just hear your Michael Caine. Hello folks, it's Michael Caine. Alright, can I tell you something? We're close. I mean, it's not there, but by the time he got to Oaks, I felt very, very good about it. That's lovely regional dialect. So the Michael Caine guy, Fez Watley, just do another quick line. Some men just want to see the world burn. Is that from one of his movies? That's from the
3: Dark Knight movie.
2: Oh, okay. Let's hear it again. Some men Just want to see the world
3: burn.
2: All right, it's really... I mean, it's not there yet. No. But you can feel it. It's on its way. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's coming. Endure, Mr. Wayne. What's that? Endure, Mr. Wayne. I know that you saw Batman a lot, but I want you to move around. Michael Caine's had a fabulous career, and most of us that are Michael Caine fans, you know, like with Gary Oldman, we cringe seeing them in Batman. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I good get a paid day, guys. I'm glad for you.
1: Bank it up, boys. But they had
2: done anything else. See, that's the thing. If you're going to be the Michael Caine guy, you've got to know every single line. Get me a bunch of Michael Caine guys. Uh, We'll put it together, and we'll put it up on the Intera We'll go through it, Fez, and you just keep working on your Michael Caine until um, you get it done properly kevin in houston you're a manifest hey buddy yeah
4: hey, i just turned on the radio is that michael Kane's studio see because that's a not, great oh, fucking oh, wow, sign just, fuck.
2: and the short answer is kinda because it's michael kane guy into it kevin okay again you're back to the batmans uh we're going to get this up we're collecting them quickly and then i want those people to pick if they can on the Interabang. Best Michael Caine before, you know, Fez's. The one that Fez should be like working on the most. So get us all the best people who do Michael Caine, and then we will say, there's the guy I want you to be, Fez. There's the guy to pull off. Um,
3: Whoever we pick will end up being the runner up behind my Michael Caine. Uh, Are you doing it now? No, that wasn't it. It
2: it was already bleeding through when you said Michael Caine.
3: See, this is what happens. I was a theater minor, and I take characters home with me. It's what happens.
2: I was an Asia minor, and um, (laughs) there's just no jobs for that. Tony, you're on my fez.
4: I just want to say congratulations, Fez, that Michael Caine was spot on.
2: I'm really thinking, all right, I think we're getting very, very close to getting all these together. Uh, we'll get him up on the Bag and then we'll go over it with Fez. Because, no offense, Fez, and I know Batman is your favorite movie, but there's other Michael Caine lines that are more important than him just bringing tea to a rich homosexual. Mm. There's um, some jobs. Uh, let's go over here to Todd in Harrisburg. You're on a run Fez.
4: Uh, Mr. Kane, is it, a, it is a huge honor to speak to you. I've always been a huge fan. I just wanted to let you know that I love your work in that movie, Little Voice. You are fucking brilliant.
2: Haven't seen it yet, Fez? Have not seen that. All I'm right.
3: really going to have to bone up on Kane.
2: Oh! oh my god! You want to put your bone up on Kane? Um, that's kind of sick. People are excited. There's a buzz going on right now, uh, and people can feel it. All right, if you go over to the Interrobang, what do we got? What's the first Michael Caine guy? It's uh, Rob Brydon and Steve Coogan. All right, let's just get this out of the way. These guys do fantastic Michael Caines. Oh, love it. I went to see the trip this summer just for the Michael Caine scenes. <laughs> and then, even though they were in the trailer, I'm still howling in the theater. And then I yelled out at one point, that's a great Michael Caine. Fuck yeah. And then at another time, I just got up, turned back to the rest of the theater, and go, could you fucking believe how good these guys are doing? Michael Caine, well, really? Just. And finally, someone said to me, "You're white. Sit down and watch the movie." And I screamed back, "You're fucking white." Were they? Very. All right, let's go over the first ones to see. It. Let Fez. And Fez. Uh huh. Total focus. Right. Theater minor focus on this shit.
5: Well, broadsheet journalists have described my impressions as stunningly accurate.
2: Well, they're wrong.
5: I've not heard your Michael Caine, but I assume it would be something along the lines of, my name's Michael Caine. That is where you are so wrong. That's and a, you can look a, at my live video that's, that's, for proof, that's, that's, because that's, I, that's the do, very thing I don't do. What, do I say do, that he do, used to talk do, like that. Do you Michael Caine? Okay. I say, Michael Caine used to talk like this in the 1960s, right? But that has changed. And I say that over the years, Michael's voice has kept down several let me finish, and all of the cigars and the brandy. Don't let me finish. Can now be heard. Okay. In a, I've not fucking finished in the back of the voice and the voice okay. now. Well, I've still not finished. The voice. Are you i panicking. I've, you uh, because you look sn- like you're about to bloody talk. Let me finish. Right. So, Michael Caine's voice now in the Batman movies and in Harry Brown. I can't go fast because Michael Caine talks. Very, very, slowly. Right. this is how Michael Caine speaks. Michael Caine speaks to his nose like that. He gets very, very specific. It's very like that. When he gets loudly, it gets very loud indeed. It gets very specific. It's not quite nasal enough the way you're doing it, all right? You're not doing it the way he speaks. You're not doing it with the kind of... And you don't do the broken voice. But he gets very emotional. But he gets very emotional indeed. She was only 16 years old. She was only 16. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. That's Michael Caine.
2: All right. Already, these guys are better than Fez. Only because I think they've seen more Michael Caine films.
1: And they already have a British accent.
2: So does Fez. I mean, he is from Nova Scotia.
6: Fez could specialize in like only Batman, Michael Caine impression. Stop
2: with the fucking Batman. I know that your thing. And Fez explained this to us yesterday. You try to get him into a bad spot. It's not happening now, Zeitz. Those days are behind us. Now that you had the chance to say it, Fez. That's a lot of good tips there. Forget. Don't stop using your voice. Get back into Michael Caine.
3: That's a lot of good tips there. That's good. Let me finish. Good, see? Let me finish. Good. Because if it was not good tips, then I would be speaking quite louder.
2: Oh, that's good, but... Let me finish. Slower. Slower when you're doing that. Slower. Yeah. Slower. And the fucking Zito's trying to fucking pigeonhole him into Batman? Bullshit.
3: I like the line, she was only 16.
2: Sure. Uh... Charlie, Santa Cruz. Fizzy,
4: get Jaws 4. Line, get the shark.
2: Well, I thought you were going to do it.
4: Get the shark.
2: I'll try it first. Get the shark. All right, it's closer. Um, it's closer all the time. Now let's move on to the next one. I think this is going to be young Michael Kane. Because it's Peter Sellers, and of course Peter Sellers, I'm going to just say this again, the great Peter Sellers, died before we had uh, old Michael Caine. Let's listen.
5: Caine impression. (laughs) It takes a man in a tweed suit, five and a half seconds, to fall from the top of Big Ben to the ground. Now there's not many people know that.
2: Now that's, there's perfection there. He may have moved into my favorite Michael Kane.
1: <laughs> that was fucking ridiculous.
2: Also, no, because he it. wasn't over the top, you know what I mean? Where the other two guys are doing in his character. They're going at it. He's just like, here's Michael Kane actually talking. <laughs> Can you try that, Fez?
3: It takes a man in a full suit five seconds to fall from the top of Big Ben to the
2: bottom. All right, no offense here, that's Sandy Kane. Don't fucking confuse those two. Um, my hat. Where's my hat?
3: Mm. You broke my guitar.
2: Sean, your are fez.
3: Hey, Ronnie,
7: I'm picking up a little bit of an Australian accent. Maybe make Fez feel a little better. Maybe a Russell Crowe.
2: No, to please, don't no. fuck with his head. He wants to be Michael Caine guy. That's his new thing. It's going to keep him from fighting with Zito. And he has a place to go now. He knows what to do on the show. Be uh, Michael Caine. Crazed is the guy who raps, Fez is the guy who does Michael Caine
1: That's right. No ones and twos. Yeah. Just Kane.
2: Just Kane. He's Raisin Kane, if you would. He's Herman Cain. Let's hope that Herman Cain makes it through this last thing. I saw his last poll numbers and he's at a half a point.
1: Oh Jesus. They gotta release more
2: smoking videos. The smoking videos when he was at the top.
1: Yeah, really. I was like, all right, this
2: guy's fucking unstoppable. He had ninety eight percent of the Republican vote at that time. Then all these white women came out, oh he twisted my titty, oh he stuck his thumb in my asshole. Mm-hmm. Oh you know, it's I turned around, he was teabagging me.
1: Yeah.
2: He's in trouble now. He's at a half percent. Oh
1: Jesus, it's Christ.
2: Very, very big with the rapist. But outside of the outside of Republican rape is very small. I guess they can't don't really have the ability to vote from all the felony charges. That's true. And who wants to vote when you're thinking about raping people? <laughs> He's going to give it
3: one week. One week for Haman Kang.
2: Okay. Um let's go over here to Mike. Mike you're on Manifest.
4: Hey buddies. Wow, what a great get. Michael Caine's studio. I loved him in the original Italian job. That's my favorite movie. I just want to say that.
2: Oh, God, I like the original Italian job, too. Uh, Bobby, you're on my fence.
4: Hey, I think uh, we need to go a little 1982 with Christopher Reeve. Maybe Mark Zito can step in there where Michael Caine looks him in the eyes and says, hello, lover, and gives him a nice big kiss.
2: Well, there you're talking about Death Trap. Uh, and Death Trap was, well, it was first a play first. And then they shot it, but it still looked like a play. Even though it was a film, you had the feeling you were watching a play from very, very bad seats. But there is a make-out scene there, uh, a tight-lipped kiss. Oh, Jesus. Two guys saying... We're making the leap, but our tongues aren't touching. So just just so you know, we're not actually we're actors. And you know what they say about straight guys that play gay roles? So brave, so brave to do that role. Uh, maybe we'll do that. Um, Jeff, you're of fez.
6: Hey, what's going on?
4: Yeah. Uh, if Fez did Australian Michael Caine, he could uh, do the voiceovers for Outback Steakhouse and see if anybody wants a nice jizzy steak.
2: Ah, <sighs> people won't get past this Aussie thing. Michael, you're on run of Fez. Hey,
4: Ronnie B. I love the new Ron and Michael Kane show. I was curious, what happened to Fez?
2: Fez is going to take a little time off in December. He's done. He needs a little time out after yesterday. He never really came back from Thanksgiving. No. Um, and then he and Zeitz had uh, a meltdown show uh, yesterday that, well, we don't want to see Fez go back there again. That wasn't fun. Yeah. We want to have fun. But then at the end of the day yesterday, Fez told me he was just kidding. Didn't seem like it. <laughs> no. He just <laughs> wanted to stop the conversation with me. It's very funny. Fez has gotten to a point now of how quickly can I agree to something and stop the conversation. But now he's Michael Caine guy.
1: That's where we fucking need him to be.
2: All right. Real quick. Let me see if you can pull this off. What did Michael Caine win his Oscar for?
1: Oh, Jesus.
3: <sighs> I is he? don't know I have no idea
2: Zitz oh, This makes me hate everybody Because if Dave was here He would have easily said had and their sisters Yeah he So not only are you guys not Michael Caine fans no. But you shit on the grave of Woody Allen no, Grave? No, no, is, is he dead? No but he's already bought a plot for himself
1: I would have thought he'd be like a Cremation guy
2: Oh. <laughs> then who can visit the cremation site? Who's going to kiss? Yeah. Um, try it again first.
3: The girl was only 16 years old.
2: Alright, we're getting further away from it because you're doing the impression of the impression and right now we need a, a, a good impression that you could do. Who's the next one? Next is Pete Walsh. Alright, Pete Walsh. I'm not familiar with him. Uh, I'm going to guess British guy. How's Pete doing this? What movie? He's doing... It's Christopher Walken. Michael Caine as Christopher Christopher Walken. Walken, All right, this is brilliant, Fez. Just showing you can add the Michael Caine voice to just about anything.
5: This watch I've got here was first purchased by a great-grandfather around the time of the First World War. He was bought in a little general store in Knoxville, Tennessee. It's one of the first companies to ever made wristwatches. (laughs) Back then, people only carried pocket watches. It was first bought by a Private Doughboy Ryan Coolidge, the day he set sail for Paris. It's your great-granddad's war watch. He wore every day was in that war. After he'd done his duty, he went back home to your great-grandmother, took the watch off his wrist, put it in a coffee can.
2: All right, let's stop it there. do you see where Big Pete Walsh has gone with this, right? I believe so. What's that? There's certain
3: words that are very Michael Kane. Things like. World War One. World War One. Just sounds very Michael Caine-ish.
2: Uh, Michelle, you're on Runa Fez. says
4: f- Fez. Whenever you're doing voiceovers, remember, less is always more.
2: Well, this is good. It
4: doesn't matter who you're doing, just do less.
3: Do less, slow it down a bit more.
4: Less you... is more, that's correct.
2: No, what he's saying is, you're going for character right away. Uh-huh. Find the voice before you do character.
3: Looking for the Michael Kane
2: voice. Yes, that's far away from character. That's perfect. Um, let's go over here to Jake in Jacksonville.
4: Hey, good morning. At the lower vocal tones, Fezzy is spot on, but when he goes for the vocalizing, he's starting to sound like Nature Boy, Michael Caine.
2: Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's also going to have Fez's own spin on it. It is the of Fez show. It's the Winter Wonderland. Uh, Your chances to win now. Uh, We're doing five easy pieces again today. That's going up very, very shortly. Your chance to win. And I think this is one of the greatest things we've ever done. Um, sign Ray Davies. That's awesome. Sign Ray Davies. Ray Davies, by the way, gigantic fan of Michael Caine. How could he not be? Um, let's go over here to Greg. Greg and PA.
4: Hey, I got a quote from The Island, one of the greatest Michael Caine movies ever. If you would like to give it a shot. Yeah. Or I would. A bunch of assholes playing Long John fucking Silver.
2: Oh, boy, that was awful, because some of these I don't want you even to listen to. Right. Let's go to the horse's mouth. This is Michael Caine, but he's doing Michael Caine. He's doing the Michael Caine impression (laughs) for people. Um, Let's head over here.
5: It's, it's wonderful actually sitting here and listening to a talk because, it, I mean, yours is, is the most impersonated voice in, in the business, isn't it? Oh, yeah, everybody everyone does. I does. I can do it. Can you do it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello, my name is Michael Cow. <laughs> 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 I'm, right, I'm finished yet. I'm, I'm finished. Not many people know that. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like this bloody moron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, my name's Michael Caine. <laughs> so it's, it's, he can't really, you know. You know where they've got me now? What? On, on a, on a. <laughs> they have me on the, uh, birthday cards, you know. Yes, when you're the job. It's your birthday today. Not very people, I they. <laughs> <laughs> Now, they've got me. Uh, you know, on the uh, satellite navigation. Yeah. You know, where you in the car? Where you yeah. say? And it, it's, it's me going now. Nah, take the secretary. turn. <laughs> And you'll wind that right in the shit. Okay. <laughs> If anybody's very very got a sat-nav with me <laughs> giving instructions on it, I'll watch out where you go. That's all I, uh, uh, we, we looked at it. I said, uh, everyone said, have you been doing sat-navs? I said, no, I don't do sat-navs. <laughs> I, you know, I don't, do, I don't do birthday cards either. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all I have to print is that this is an impersonation by Joe Smoll, That's right. And no, you can't no, do no, anything. That's right, exactly so. Yes. What about our, you, you impersonating other people? Because yes. Ken Brown said last week on this show, he said that you... I most, saw that. He said, I can't impersonate Sean. That's what he said? Yeah, no, what he said to me, he said, he said to me, he said, can you impersonate Sean? So I said, yeah, he said, go on, do it. I mean, <laughs> and he thought that was funny. <laughs> I didn't think it was funny. No, but it is funny, but it's not like Sean. It's not a bit like Sean. No, it's it? not, not at all, no. no. But who can you impersonate? Uh, Dudley Moore. Oh yeah. yeah. Hello, are you going? <laughs> You're not happy, that party Bridget bardo came in the other day, right through the window. She was in the bath. I said, get out, you dirty cow.
2: <laughs> this is Michael Caine. Uh, Fez, you want to give it a try? Oh, uh, I'm Michael Caine. So it's your birthday. Wow. wow. He, uh, Michael Caine actually hurt Fez there. He was doing so much better. Until we saw Michael Caine do Michael Caine. No, it's
1: too slurry. Yeah. Kind of like slurry instead of
2: Cainey. Um Dean, you're on Hey,
4: Ron. Hey, I was hearing a little bit of Mick Jagger instead. All
2: right, let's hear Michael Caine do Satisfaction Fest. I can't get now.
3: Satisfaction.
2: Uh, we got a big winner from uh, yesterday, Hicks. Uh, we already have a Hangman winner. Uh, and, of course... His bark is worse than his bite is what it was. Um,
1: who was the big winner? That's Rich in Georgia got himself a huge win on the Hangman contest. And he gets uh, season of Roseanne signed by Roseanne Barr.
2: Really great, but guess what? You're not up for the grand prize because you're a November winner. That's right. S-
1: fucking stay in November then, Rich. Dick.
2: <laughs> Fuck. It's, it's Why it's wouldn't you track. try to win in, de- in December yeah. during Winter Wonderland?
1: A crazy weirdo riches.
2: Um I will tell you, there's not another show on God's Green Earth that loves their listeners as much as we do. Hell no. Collector's items all fucking month long. And I actually wish I could win some of these. Fuck yeah. I wish I was sitting there with something signed. I wish I won this Ray Davies.
1: Hell yeah, Ray Davies is just the shit.
2: When Ray Davies walks in here, you never stop thinking fuck it's Ray Davies. Fucking kings, man. What the fuck? Yeah, the Kinks.
1: <laughs> Doesn't even make sense. He's What's your favorite be... Kinks song? Oh, gee, Destroyer, probably. What's wrong with you? Jim? A lot of things.
2: That's it, Destroyer.
1: It's it's up there. It's You're gonna leap
2: over Waterloo Sunset to get the fucking Destroyer. Waterloo Sunset. You know what? A great you song, you, you got no fucking heart. That's what it is about oh,
1: you. Oh, I have plenty of. heart.
2: I just figured out what your problem is. No heart. Lack of heart. No, my heart is probably enlarged. I have so much heart. Your heart will go on like Titanic's. <laughs> Sometimes, like, I call you Bob Seger, but your essence is more like that fucking crazy French lady, French-Canadian lady from Titanic. What's her name? Celine Dion. Nobody's name is that. That couldn't be it. I'll just say your name is Pepe Le Pew. You remind me of her so much.
1: I don't know. I'm not with some creepy old Canadian Frenchman.
2: By the way, me and Big Zitz were at a meeting yesterday. He did very well. Oh. Zitz has come a very long way for us. A very long way.
1: Mark the Shark, fucking
2: well He yourself. was Mark the Shark yesterday. Fuck yeah. He was making things happen. Um, let's uh, head on over here to uh, Carlos Sherman Fest.
4: going on? You sound like the uh, second bartender in Cocktail, Codlin's Law.
2: Um, Do you yeah. remember that guy? I forget that guy's name. The guy is Brian Brown or Byron Brown, something like that. He was very big for a while there in the 80s. He did uh, FX. Brian and Brown. Brian Brown? Yeah. And then uh, you kind of don't see him anymore. Uh, Aaron, you're on a manifest.
7: Hey, Ronnie. Uh, the joke's on you, buddy. I, I purposely didn't win in November just so I could take, take home the big prize.
2: Son of a bitch. What the fuck? That son of a bitch. Aaron, you're fucking amazing the way you pulled this off.
6: He slow played us for 11 months.
2: He fucking slow played. And let me tell you something. A crocodile will stay in the water perfectly still with just their eyes sticking out. And then after a long period, when no one's thinking about them, they explode and they snap. And that's Aaron in Indiana. Fucking
1: goddamn alligator listeners.
2: I'd love to go there, but Indiana wants me and I can't go back there. Uh, Jeremy Piven's going to stop in here in a couple of minutes. Very Maybe Fez will do the Michael Caine for him. Definitely should. Uh, fine actor. Now, Jeremy Piven is in this film called I Melt With You. And it's about these fucking dudes. They were kind of college buddies. And, you know, something like 20, 25 years go by. But this is still the biggest relationship of their life. Now, for some people, it happens in college. For some guys, it happens in the Army. Uh, other guys, it'll happen in high school. It could even happen in middle school, where there's a group of guys that you bond, and this is almost like your first relationship that you give yourself over to. And that thing is one of the strongest relationships that you'll ever have in your life. And those guys will look at you. You could go on and be like a fucking congressman, a judge, a CEO, and those guys will come along later and you'll all be drinking together and they'll all be gone, look at this faggot pretending he's a congressman. (laughs) Busting balls. Look at his fucking dick. You got everybody fooled. And the weird thing about it is you kind of feel like when they say that, you know, they're absolutely right. Cause I'm not really a congressman. I'm not really a fucking sheriff. I'm not really a CEO. I'm not a lawyer. I'm one of these guys.
1: And I belong with them.
2: And I yeah, I belong with them. And there's nothing. Everything else is a lie. There's woman. These kids. That's the bullshit. What's really true. Is fucking eating pills and shotgunning beers with these fucking losers.
1: All fucking night long. and just to the most worst fucking circumstances.
2: What is it about that relationship? 866 run zero Fez. 866 run zero Fez. Hicks, you had it? Yeah. yeah, in high school. That was it's
1: a couple guys in high school that I you know, I, I, I won't see them for years. Right. But then they come back around and it's fucking on.
2: And it's on like. Fucking time meant nothing in between.
1: Yeah, blacking out, drugs, yeah. just fucking, just a train wreck.
2: No, in a weird way, it's almost like if you got back together with your old high school girlfriend every two three years, <laughs> started fucking doing the same shit, everybody going, dude, you're fucking sick.
1: Why is this happening again?
2: And yet we will accept the fact of, I haven't seen these guys in five years, and we're going hunting or what other lie story that you have that really means we have a cabin in the woods yeah. where we are going to drink and maybe over the course of a week hunt for a half an hour. Get weird, while, basically. Yeah, while we're drinking whiskey and doing it. It doesn't really make fucking sense, and yet if you're being with your, honest with yourself, it makes more sense than anything in the world. Now, Zitz is at a point right now where he hasn't even let go of that for the first time.
1: Uh-oh. He's still fucking mired in it.
2: Um, and when that... And, and, like, he doesn't even want to be in a real relationship because he doesn't want these, these salad days to end. He wants to stay there on the first course. Some people got mad at him. I'm like, then you have to be fucking true to that. I always said, just be honest about it. Uh, Jason... Missouri, you're on The Manifest Show.
4: I got the same fucking issue. <laughs> I got a group of buddies. You know, I'm married. I got two kids, you know, and I'm playing this old software programmer and shit, and then my buddies are still living the dream. You know, and I'm like, well, how in the fuck, you know, whenever we get together, why am I like this? You know, I All right.
2: No, here's the interesting <laughs> thing, Jason. All right, so you've got a good job, right? You got a family?
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah, awesome. With so that, what that makes you say... <laughs>
2: What makes you say, and I know that you believe it, that these fucking guys are living the dream and not you? Nah,
4: they ain't living the dream. It's just, you know, when I get together, it's like, ah, shotgun and beer, you know, doing blow, doing this, doing <laughs> that. Um, you know, it's great. Good old
2: times. Let's go over here to Brian Cherry Hill. You're on my defense.
4: Hey. Hey, do Mr. Hey. Hey, the thing is, uh, is that dudes don't make best friends after high school. You know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't meet best friends once
2: but you become a certain. Now, I for for me personally, I know what you're saying, but there's some guys that really didn't make close friends in high school, so college then becomes that thing for them. You know what I mean? Like you will know sometimes, like you'll make college friends, and then the thing is, if your high school buddies come up. Are you embarrassed of your college friends or your high school buddies? That could be a weird fucking situation. Because that will then decide who you are. But there's a lot of guys. Matter of fact, I was just talking to one the other day. I'm not going to fucking out him. but And this is separate from this fucking film that we're going to be talking to Piven about. He said to me, I worked real hard to get to this certain school. I didn't date, blah, blah, blah. And the second I got there, I just fucking exploded. (laughs) Basically Animal House. So it really depends. Some guys, it's their high school buddies. Some guys, it's their fucking army buddies. You know, army buddies can be crazy. Like there can be guys now. They're fucking ninety, and once a year they're getting together with their World War Two platoon getting and getting fucking whacked out <laughs> and screaming about, you know, you were fucking that French chick and I walked in decades ago for some reason. Those memories are the most fucking important to people. Um, and the weird thing is, women have no idea what we're talking about.
1: That's so fucking crazy because it's it's a great fucking experience. Because
2: women make friends differently. They bond over different things. You're certainly not going to see a bunch of women sitting around a pile of Coke and a fucking bunch of <laughs> landing gear liquor to try to fucking relax they don't have that thing. Um, here is uh, Dan. Dan, you're on Renifaz. How, you how you doing? Good, man.
4: I, uh, I got the same thing going. On. I grew up in Connecticut, played hockey my whole life. And I think hockey players like Army, you develop that friendship at such a young age that your friends that even go on to just become idiots. And, you know, they're working the local jobs that were the same idiots that were beating up everybody in high school. Are your friends now? and You accept it. I mean, I moved away um, to new york went to college got a good degree i got my own house make good money live on my own obviously i had a couple of friends i grew up with played hockey since i was three one's 32 i'm 30 he's living at home he's moving out for the first time ever the other one lives with me he lives with a college kid his room's disgusting he's got no pillowcase he's got a cat
2: doesn't clean the litter box this this is a perfect fucking point dan that you will put up with the behavior of these human beings that you would not take from anywhere else Including family. You would not permit family Fuck to them. treat you, you this way. Kill them. You just sold them. And I think here's what the reason is. I think those close friends that you make, it's your first time that you have unconditional love. Where you say, This is my fucking guy. Uh, whatever he does, whatever happens, we're gonna fucking, you know, try to deal with it. Uh, Gov, you're on the run of Fez show. Gov.
4: Hey, what's going on, Ryan? Yeah. Hey, uh, you sit there, and uh, I just had a, I just got out of the military about uh, five years ago. And all of a sudden, uh, one of my buddies got uh, married. All of a sudden, you, you're at this wedding with all of your group of uh, military buddies again, and all you got to do is say one scenario, and you'll be laughing for a half hour. you would be like, hey, uh, remember that time in Malta? And all of the new girlfriends and everything are just,
2: they're looking at... (laughs) They despise it. You know, and these are the assholes that if you do have them over your home, will end up telling some of these scary, crazy stories to your kids. Yeah, respect nothing. (laughs) Yeah, they'll be like, you know, your dad is a fucking wild man. Wild man! (laughs) You think that he's this regular guy? He's nuts. And there is also a certain part of you don't want to be the regular guy all the time. You don't want to be the husband all the time. You don't want to be the dad all the time. Another thing that women don't understand. Yeah, let the fuck out. Because they don't. Women don't see like motherhood as a responsibility that they're somehow trying to balance. That's just what they are. They morph into this and they do it perfectly. Where a man fakes being a dad most of the time. Oh, no shit. And like when they're sitting down there, kids do something wrong, they will think to themselves, how would a dad say something here? What would a dad say in this situation? Because I really don't care actually what's right. happening right now. So it's what? Not a big he deal. hit another kid with a truck. Good. That has nothing to do with me. Um Here is uh, Tim. Tim, you're on the Run-A-Face show.
4: Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah. Hey, uh, well, just talking about sitting in front of your kids. You know, you kids don't think you're cool. They think you're full of shit.
2: Because you are full of shit with them.
4: Well, some of the stories you could tell, some of the buddies you grew up with, you know what Eskimo brothers are?
2: Yeah, that's the homoerotic thing of sharing women. Um, (laughs) And the... I say homoerotic because there is a certain amount of put your dick where my dick's been.
6: I I feel it. I don't know about that. I hate to say it. exactly what it is.
2: (laughs) Now, here's the weird thing. It also can become very incestuous in the way of, you know, when you live in a small town, you're with this girl, you break up, your buddy men end up with her. And then another thing... Even
1: on college campuses, groups of friends. Oh, yeah, college campuses. The, <laughs> it's crazy.
2: the weirdness of a college campus. But it becomes that he gave it the word Eskimo buddies because that's a small fucking community where they pass around. It's the reason the Irish all look the same. They have a small island. Um, here's Steve. Steve, you're on my face.
4: Hey, Ronnie B. How you doing? Yeah. Hey, how do women get so freaking aggravated when we go out with the guys and they're always like, you know, how can you always have to drink? Why do you have to go to a bar?
8: Well, yeah, women. No, well, I,
2: I will, I will answer both these questions. First of all, there's a lot of truth to can you get together with those buddies without doing the same shit? No, because it's too awkward and it doesn't exist. But women also get upset because... They see a look of happiness on your face that you don't have on that trip to Disney World, that you don't have when you're packing the car so everybody can go to Grandma's for the weekend. It's joy. It's pure, (laughs) hedonistic fucking joy.
1: Doing exactly what you want to do and not giving a fuck.
2: (laughs) because it's surrounded with alcohol and in some cases drugs, I would go so far to say it doesn't really exist. That you don't have... The bond with these people that is uh, provided by the fact of alcohol and drugs are a connecting factor. If they're not, let's face it. You think four buddies could stay in the fucking woods together for a week? What? what? Talk about gay. Forget the fucking Eskimo fucking things. That's just four gay guys.
1: It's disgusting, actually, if you tell me
2: um. That. Here is uh, Chris. Chris, you're on the Run a Fest Show.
4: Hey, what's up, Ronnie?
2: Yeah.
4: Um, for, for me, every time I hang out with my boys from college, I end up having to go to the head shop and get a niacin flush sure. that weekend. Sure. Because, because I t- we all turn into, like, and I probably put on 30 pounds since college, and every time I go back, they're like, oh, you look great. So, you know, you're the same person. You, you, you go back to, you know, 20, 20 years old when you're just, banging and blowing and sucking and fucking. Yeah, right.
2: And here's the other part of it that becomes dangerous. You might have more money to do this with. Fuck yeah. You know what I mean? So then it can get really shady. The other part that could get shady is only some of you could have a lot of money. And that fucking gets a little weird too, you know? Uh, Because sometimes shit will come out, you know? Um... Here is Jack. Jack, you're man of fez.
7: Yeah, hey, Ronnie. uh, I got a friend that my wife thinks I haven't seen in five years, but I see him probably three times a month. I just can't tell her I go down there because then she knows I'll be, you know, doing stuff I shouldn't be doing.
2: (laughs) So you're, now, here's the interesting thing. You're just living a lie, Jack. Pretty much. You're living a lie. And the beauty of it, now, what is, why do you stay with the woman then? What is Uh, that about? Why aren't you just crazy party jack?
7: uh, There's there's kids, you know, kids involved, so it, you know, a couple more years, probably stick it out, and then... All right,
2: so it's because of the kids. You're not really... Are you in love with your wife? Kind of. Uh, Kind of. But you're also in love with the three times a month... That you get to do the shit that you like.
7: Yeah, well, going, like, taking those three days during the month to go do that makes it a lot easier throughout the month. Like, putting up with stuff or, oh, you know, not so much dealing with bullshit, but just, like, the normal stuff. Knowing that, oh, you know, in a week I'll be down there and hanging out and it's, it'll be, it's like a reset. You're like,
2: all right. I got you. I understand where you're coming from. Three times a month seems a little more hardcore than I'm talking about. Uh, let's go over here tomorrow, Mario. you're on the Run of Fez show.
8: Hey, guys. Yeah. Um, listen, Ronnie, you have it all wrong.
4: It's not a look of disgust that we have on our face when the men come home. It's a pure look of jealousy. We want to go out and party just as hardcore as you do, but we're stuck with the responsibility.
2: Um, I don't know if that's true. I mean, it might be true in your case, but, but I will agree with this, Mara. You are stuck with the responsibility. 100%. Even when the guy says yes... We're in this together. All right, the film is uh, "I Melt with You," and uh, the actors Jeremy Piven's in it. Rob Lowe. Where's the piece so I could read all of this whole gang of this? Um, uh, Thomas Jane is in it as well as Christian McKay. Uh, "I Melt with You." It's actually available now. Uh, It's out on theaters, but I I will tell you this, you can also see it on demand. That's awesome. On demand. Is he ready? Uh, Because we're going to be bringing him in. Now, this film uh, goes from some of the things that we were talking about until, obviously, also... It takes a very strange turn. I saw a trailer for this movie and I
1: read the synopsis. It sounds don't awesome.
2: don't fucking read about this movie. Don't look into it. <laughs> I knew nothing about it, and I, I'm so glad I was. Let's bring him in, Jeremy Piven. <laughs> Jeremy Piven in studio with us. Uh, Sex Pistols is a perfect opening for this as a- well, huh?
9: It absolutely is. Yeah. The music was so key to this movie. Um, our director, Mark Pellington, mm. who I'm sure you guys have a reference for, he is a, a great video director, did the only um, video I think that Pearl Jam ever did, directed Jer- the Jeremy video, U2, Joshua Tree, and a bunch of stuff. and And... He's a little bit older than us, so uh, he was... Uh, I, I grew up l- loving the Sex Pistols as well. Mm-hmm. It was a, a little late to the game with that and The Clash and stuff like that. But all the music that is in the movie was playing on the set, and it motivated us and was our inspiration.
2: Well, I loved about it because the guys are all the same age. They come up this, uh, of the time. And whatever that music was that you listened to at that time in your life is that music of your lifetime, yes. you know, where yeah. you're like, no, this was the year. And it has to do, A, with music, yes, but B, because you've got so many experiences tied in yeah. with that music.
9: Yes. Um, it's about a group of guys that were um, authentic and rebellious and present, and they made a pact back in the day that if they don't become the men that they said they would become, that they would do something incredibly drastic that I can't tell you. I don't want to give away the movie, but... um uh, they get together every year, and they and they indulge in some heavy bacchanalia, mm-hmm. and they relive their past. And this is the one year that um, the wheels fall off the wagon, and they face themselves. Um, And it gets very, very dark. And it starts off very funny, as you know, and it gets dark fast.
2: It's really interesting because I knew nothing about the movie before I saw it. So when it takes a turn, and I was just uh, telling people, don't look into this movie. Either see it or don't see it, but don't try to read any reviews. Because I went over and read some reviews, and I feel like it's one of those polarizing films. Like, if you understand what it's like to have those friends... That the first time I think in your life, you go, This is who I am, right? Yeah. And then, of course, life takes you in different directions. Yeah. But there's always a guilt feeling about that early thing of, But I thought this was us. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I thought this was us.
9: Yeah. And, and you know what? I don't see movies where men are are portrayed like this Mm -hmm. and when they relate to each other like this or don't relate to each other like this. Right, And so that's why I wanted to be a part of this movie because women are communicators and they have movies where they communicate to each other and men don't. You know, we've I've had member conversations yeah. in my life where I'll spill my guts and my buddy looks at me and doesn't say anything. And I go, OK, great talk. <laughs> great yeah. talk. And then right. you walk away. And you know what? There's a couple of moments like this, like that in this movie. And then ultimately they have to relate to each other. Yeah. And it's you know, I've never I've never um, as an actor done this type of work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the best work I've ever done in my life, and I can say the same for Rob Lowe and Thomas yeah. Jane and Carla Gugino, and you know. So that's that's why we're here. You
2: really feel like when you when you felt like that while you were involved in it, like, all right, this is the piece for me. This is this is what I've been working towards. Or did it come after the fact? When do you know?
9: I knew when I was reading it, and yeah. I started crying, and and when I got to the scene that you mm-hmm. know about, that's you know, yeah. with Thomas Jane, um. And I got to that moment, and I just went, you know, you, when you're reading a script and you get that emotional, and you're that tied to it, and it, it speaks to you like that, um, even though you know you're not going to get paid for this movie, mm-hmm. um, you, you are going to bring your own wardrobe and sit on the floor because there's no place to, to, right. to sit, that it's love of the game, and you, there isn't even a, uh, an option. You just do this movie. It spoke to me so specifically so specifically.
2: You know, after I watched it, I kept thinking, because I know people would go, well, the move that they made is so crazy, people wouldn't do that. But there was a pact, and the fact that it wasn't discussed, that...
9: Uh, Hold on one second. Is it really that crazy? Think about my character for a second. Yeah. Bernie Madoff uh, right. apparently tr- did tr- did try to do something. His son uh, ended up doing something. right? You know, my character's story arc is you could even say ripped right out of the headlines and is completely contemporary. Right. So I don't know how far-fetched it is. You mm-hmm. know, I was watching 60 Minutes the other night and his wife was revealing things that I were right out of our script. Right, all right, All yeah. right. that's good. So,
2: But what I loved about it is it wasn't a discussion first. One yeah. guy just went off the fucking, you know, jumped into the pool out of the big tree, you know? Yeah. And then the other three guys are going... We all say we're the kind of guys that do shit like that, you know? And that's what I thought was so beautiful about it. Because when it started, I'm like, when it started to roll, I immediately was trying to use logic. But then I thought, these guys, for whatever reason, this one code of who they really believed that they were at their best. And it's kind of a dangerous thing. Now, some guys have that in college, some guys in the Army, sports teams, it could be high school. But whoever those original guys are, I think that's your first real relationship, probably even more than what we consider, oh, your first s- serious girlfriend or whatever. Those first guys, you have some kind of commitment to that for the rest of your life, yeah. you can even feel guilty, oh, I'm making more money than them, or this guy didn't work out, or I should have been there for him. It's, it's an extremely important thing in most people's lives that they don't talk about
9: right and so to make a movie about this where where you explore it unflinchingly Mm -hmm. um was something that i had to be a part of and you know uh, everything you just said rings true to me you know there are a few guys that i came up with who are no longer around for Mm -hmm. various reasons and you know we all are all of our journeys are are completely different but i think if i think if you're if you ultimately are, no matter where you are in your life, if you're an honest, present person who is able to communicate, then you're on to something. Because, yeah. listen, we're, no, you can't compare any of our lives. None of us are at the same place. Yeah, Someone's going to be more successful, you know, and all of these different things. And another person's success will never take away from your own. And if you own that yeah. in this life, you're golden. I'm telling you right now, I grew up in a theater family where both my parents were my my acting teachers, and they were thrilled with the progress of each one of their actors, beyond belief. So happy for their success. And so I got to see as, as an example by my parents, my God, this selfless way of living. I never thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. I just grew up that way. So when everyone around me was incredibly successful and flourishing, blah, blah I was so happy for them. I had a friend of mine who said, you're happy for other people's success? Are you really? And I was like... Yeah, well, I don't right. get it. Why Am I am I not supposed to be? I'm, did yeah. I miss the memo? You know what I mean? And so everyone lives their lives differently, you know? But I think it, th- that's the one joke. If you can get that, you'll be okay. You know what I mean? Because yeah, sure. I think in this society right now, sorry, we're going off topic for a second. No, I love it. There, there's a lot of people that have given in to, listen, we all have negative thoughts every day, every moment. And if you give in to those and hold on to them like some weird life raft or something and continue to to operate on your lowest level and spew hate mm-hmm. um, it's not a great way to exist and our, unfortunately our society there's a, a lot of that out there
2: yeah and you will always find someone doing better than you no mm-hmm. matter what you get then you turn around and go yeah. look well, at david letterman he just signed a new deal you right know? Well, i mean how far do you have to go right if, to make yourself unhappy you well, know you you can right. go you know you can keep finding examples
9: right right you don't have to go too far though yeah <laughs> <You> <laughs> no. know, no one does <laughs> yeah you know, even even the most successful people are are wondering why, you know, they didn't get the Michael Jordan money. Right. You know what I mean? So you can always go to that place or you can be totally present and, and live in that moment. And if you do that, it sounds like I'm Deepak Chopra right now and I apologize. Somebody's got to be Deepak. He's not
2: doing it enough. He's doing his own shit today.
9: Yeah, he is. I'm very jealous of him and angry. Why aren't I Deepak?
2: Uh, great people in the film and everybody's got... That place to be, like a good team. Everybody's moving, kind of at different spots in the film. Um, yeah. Anybody that you felt like really connected to, uh, yeah. one over the other.
9: Well, you know what's interesting is is none of us knew each other. I had never spent time with Rob Lowe or Thomas Jane or Christian Mackay, who uh, played Orson Wells in mm. Orson Welles' movie. Brilliantly.
2: There's something about that guy. Yeah. Like with most people that are that have that screen presence, you can kind of go, I see why. I don't know why he does. I don't know what it is that he does that keeps you so focused to him while he's on screen.
9: I, I can tell you what yeah. I think it is um, because I, I kind of connected easily to him in the way that we both grew up in the theater. Mm-hmm. So we both have just a, a similar background. And um, you growing up in the theater, the one thing that you get is a sense that we're all in it together. Mm-hmm. We're collaborating. We're rehearsing. We're building towards something and we're only good if everyone else is good together and you learn to rely on other people and it's just all a collaboration and i think because he does that and has inhabited all these different yeah. you get the sense um that you're in good hands with him he's just a, also just yeah. a brilliant actor first of all he's got a heavy british accent <laughs> he flew they flew him in at the last second he had to hit the ground running with a bunch of you know sweaty americans uh-huh. and he crushed it and did a brilliant job. Rob Lowe, I had known from, you know, as as a kid growing up watching him as a movie star. You know, I was just in Chicago, you know, working for fifty dollars a week on stage, going, "Wow, Saint Elmo's fire! Yeah, that guy's got a mullet and he's living the dream. <laughs> How does that happen?" And then you meet him, you're like, "Oh, Rob Lowe, we're praying friends. I already know you. You've been in my living room for for decades. <laughs> right. So you just you, as an actor, you have to condense whatever process you have and go. Well, I don't know Rob, but I've seen him all these years." And yes, he's he's my brother, and I can pretend like I've known him all these years um, in this movie. It was very easy, because he's also um, wanted to do the best work of his life. And, yeah. and e- even at this stage of his career, still very hungry. And I think, and you tell me, don't you think that was his best work? Oh, absolutely.
2: I think that he was phenomenal in it. But I also think that he's gone from kind of movie star as a young guy to being a real actor now. Yeah. To being really, really strong in comedies. And when you see this and he looks shaken and beat down, you fucking believe it. You yeah. really do believe it. With I,
9: I had oh, someone come up to me the other day and go, I saw I out With You. Was that acting? I, went, <laughs> yeah. I, went, I don't understand the question. <laughs> yeah, it, it was acting. Yeah. It was scripted. We shot it. Um, there's a lot of drug use in it, and I think uh, I think it scared a lot of actors. I'm going I'm not gonna lie to you. That Absolutely, they didn't want to be a part of it. A lot of people turned this down.
2: Well, it's got that Fight Club thing that if you don't love it, I think it's going to repel you. I think yeah. you're going to be if anything about this that you can't just go. I could see where that exists. I think you're going to want to scream out, "It doesn't exist," you know. Cause in a way, it is somewhat of like true horror. You know what I mean? Where yeah. human beings can go in their darkest spot. If would this have happened a week later, probably not. A week before, probably not. Yeah. But at that moment came together, and those guys just went. Are you
9: know. It's all behind us. You get it, man. You yeah. you hit it you hit it on the head. It is an as, ex, as existential horror story. Yeah. You know, it's it you're you're right. It it hit that one moment in time where they all t- took action in ways that they wouldn't have done it. And we can look at it and then listen, the conversation we're having is the right. conversation that people will be having after this movie. Right. And how many times does that happen after a movie? It no, doesn't. it's very rare, man. You know, I mean, it's, I, I love looking at Ryan Reynolds, and I think he's beautiful, and I love his torso, and everybody wins. Um, but I don't know if if you're going to be having these types of conversations. Uh, and that's what film is supposed to be about.
2: Jeremy Piven, thanks so much, man, for Thank stopping you. by. Thank you for
9: having me, Ron. I appreciate and, it, man.
2: Uh, Get me the soundtrack of this. Oh, uh, it's amazing, uh, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's just great. You
9: know what? I'm going I'm to get you the soundtrack, and I'm also, I think you should have a conversation with, with, uh, with, our, with our fine director, Mr. Uh, Mark Pellington. Br- I'd love Pellington, talk to to him, yeah. Because you guys could talk a lot about music. I think you guys have the sim- similar taste.
2: Great, man. Thanks so Thank much, Thank
9: you, dude. guys. Just in case you don't know, this is the Ronnie Fest Show. I'll take it to go. Thank you.
3: music to be sure it's pleasant, not
4: intrusive but recorded at a subsonic level is a mantra. Lose. 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 We're just skimming the surface, shall we? We really
2: need to talk. In the time of chimpanzees, I was a
4: monkey. Butane in my veins, because the with the plastic eye
2: It's the Rana Fey show. Oh, uh, that was Jeremy Piven was just in with us. They're the first responders. I want to find out his tweet. I think it's just Jeremy Piven. Just Jeremy Piven at Jeremy Piven. Uh, I'm out with you. A fine movie. Now, Zeets was just telling me something. Zeets and I have a favorite T V show, Homeland. Love it. And Brody's in the building. Brody's here. Um, is there, are we going to get him?
6: Yeah, I'm trying to get him to stop by. It's looking pretty good.
2: Uh, his name is Damian Lewis. Uh, it's an incredibly intense, intense TV show. And we do have him.
6: Yeah. They just brought If you're right a by. Homeland
2: fan, you're going to love this. If you're not a Homeland fan, this is one of the shows that you should be watching. It's a Showtime show? It is Showtime, Sundays, 10 p.m. And then also you do go to the Showtime on demand. And you can catch up with the whole season in a second. You know, just one sitting. It's like watching this really crazy, intense movie. Uh, Brody, Sleeper Cell. It's Damian Lewis.
9: launched a series of strikes against terrorist
2: facilities. Unarmed f 103
4: crashed into the town of Lockerbie. The Ascension Acts of Terror in Africa.
5: This will not stand, this aggression
8: against uh, the West. This relentless pursuit. We will make no distinction. The USS Cole was attacked while refueling in the Port of This England. was an act of terrorism. It was a despicable
2: encounter. The next time we're going to bring for you, we're going in a good old
4: place.
2: Until time, something let's get to stops him. The most intense TV show on today is definitely Homeland. Uh, Damien Lewis is in with us. And you've got a black eye as if
8: you've just been through some torture I don't know about. Daisy Claire Danes. She gets angry and she whacks me. Now this is my four-year-old. He threw Lightning McQueen at me yesterday morning just before I got on the plane to come here. Is that right? Yeah, we were playing cars. I was Max, you know, the truck. He takes Uh Lightning McQueen to the races. (laughs) Lightning McQueen disappeared into a cave, which happened to be an Ugg boot uh, uh, of my wife's. And uh, so he said, you got to come and rescue me. And I said, okay, (laughs) Max is coming. I said, Lightning McQueen, where? He says, no, no, I want you to, Dad, I want you to be Sally. I said, who's Sally? He says, Sally really likes Lightning McQueen. So I'm going, hey, Lightning McQueen, where are you? I love you. we got to go to the... And then i just get Lightning McQueen in my right eye. And his purpose for doing this was? Nothing. He just came out of the cave a little enthusiastically. <laughs> my son, Gulliver, hasn't worked out the difference between holding onto an object and releasing it at a you know, high velocity across a room. So I was like three inches from him, and I got him in my eye. Uh, well,
2: congratulations on the show. This TV show, to me, is like one of the best movies of the year because it has the the pacing... And the
8: feel like you're watching a thriller. I'm, you know? I'm delighted you say that. I saw, I saw the pilot. We saw it on a big screen at the premiere in the Hamptons. And I, it's like I watched an hour of it and I went, I've got to go through 11 more of those. That yeah, was right. an intense psychological movie. And it, and you're right, it is shot at that pace. And, uh, you know, just from a slightly more technical point of view, the camera stays back a bit more than we used to in TV. And mm-hmm. it just lets the whole thing breathe a bit and... Uh, I'm delighted you picked up on that. I, that's I, one of the reasons I I love the way the show is coming out.
2: It really, uh, and your character, of course, is at the center of this, and it's a guy that we root for, we fear, we you know uh, sometimes dislike. You 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 really don't have the normal kind of center to a television show with this.
8: Yeah, I think you know the two the two central strands of the show are uh, uh, Claire's character Carrie Matheson, who's the CIA agent and she, and 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 my character Nicholas Brody my my character represents a threat to homeland security. Mm-hmm. He might be about to do something devastating and uh violent and damaging. And uh and yet he's weirdly likable because mm-hmm. he himself is damaged and he's trying clearly to uh Reintegrate with his family, reconnect with people in the world around him, and yeah. everyone can sympathize with a guy. Well, we don't know what it's like, but people can sympathize with a guy who's been in a hole for eight years, and yeah. so there's a lot of there's a lot of sympathy for him. And conversely, her character, who is brilliant and mm-hmm. maverick and volatile and uh, a little erratic at times, but is is charged with really. Saving America, perhaps. Uh, She's the one person who seems to have a clue what's going on, but she's not immediately likable. No, she's not always
2: likable, but she is got the greater safety uh, of the country involved. I mean, she's obsessed with this can never happen again.
8: And and she's a little obsessive, but she might be right. Yeah. You know, we don't know that yet. Right. Maybe she has lost the plot a little bit, but uh, maybe... You know, maybe Brody is going to do something devastating. I, I, I think um, in last week's episode, what was revealed is that the motives for why he might act mm-hmm. uh, are not as clear-cut as they were uh, at the beginning of the series. That's what th- the
2: thing that, as a viewer, we're not used to, that is way more complex. Way more complex than, here's some good guys, here's some bad guys. Now, to know that the guy was basically a prisoner of war, tortured in a hole, eight years how do you even get down to trying to understand what that's like for someone?
8: There was an amazing book written uh, about his time in Beirut in the 80s by a guy called um, Brian Keenan. And mm-hmm. it was called An Evil Cradling. And he was a teacher at university. So he wrote this book beautifully. He it was, it was in captivity. It's a very uh, psychological uh, retelling of, of what it's like to be... To be uh, in captivity with a terrorist group and uh i read that first i'd, I'd read it before and then i just uh, i spoke to uh, one or two soldiers who, who mm. had come home from well, what it's like being away for long times from your family uh watched extraordinary films which actually was made by a friend of mine uh, tim hetherington who sadly was the journalist that was killed in libya mm. um recently uh restrepo um just to see You know, get any sort of documentary uh, footage of Mm -hmm. what it's like soldiers being out in combat zones and just try to immerse myself in 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 that that way of being and try to understand it. You know, I read the John McCain book
2: uh, years ago, it. he was in Vietnam for so long and you try to go, oh, could I as a person handle this? And the truth factor is, no, you will break. At some point, you will break. The amazing stuff about McCain is when he did things that he was ashamed of, when he felt like he broke, to me is when he came across the most heroic. You know what I mean? The most human. It's just such a a powerful thing to see how far a human can go just to try to hold on
8: to humanity. You know, it's I think this show explores that actually mm. in uh militarily, uh in uh, personally and individually, domestically. Every character in this show has an extreme desire, has an extreme need. And every I think almost every single character, arguably maybe not Saul, is compromised uh ethically. Right by by decisions they make because of how much they want something. And I, I, that, that's, that's, a, that's very representative of, of human nature, of sure. our lives for all of us. What do we do daily, weekly, where you just go, oh, you know what, I shouldn't probably have done that. But, right. Uh, you know, I or compromise would, myself a little bit. By- just
2: a little because I'm going after the greater good, but that, that degree starts to go on. Yeah. And after a while, it becomes more and more and more. And that's adulthood.
8: That's yeah, the and when placed, when placed in this type of scenario, when the stakes are raised, mm-hmm. and it's a heightened situation, CIA officers, uh, intelligence officers trying to uh, prevent the next uh, attack on the U.S., possibly, and a soldier who's returning from an extraordinary uh, experience, a damaging experience, and just trying to live an ordinary and functioning life again with his family. Uh, these things are shown in relief Mm -hmm. In a way that, and in a heightened way that uh, isn't necessarily true of you or me, just in our day to day lives. So it's Uh, made more exciting, I think. But for you, you probably still don't
2: know Brody's full motivation yet, right? Like every week we learn more about him. So do they tell you early on, here's exactly where the character is going to end up? Or. You no, have to play you know, I,
8: I i I'm an actor that likes to know the fundamentals because mm-hmm. you need you need to have a sense of the arc of your character so you can start plotting your arc for yourself and do something that's consistent and credible and hopefully interesting but um i don't need to know everything because i enjoy i enjoy the sort of the novelistic approach to this kind of work, which mm-hmm. is every week I get handed a new episode and it's like reading the next chapter of the book you're reading before you go to sleep each night, you know? And I, I love that. I go, oh my, holy crap. I, oh no, I'm gay. I have no idea. This is, you know, it's yeah. just like some amazing revelation. And I, I enjoy those moments. Uh, but, Alex and Howard, the creators of the show, and are extremely collaborative and have been happy to share things. I do actually now know what the motivation is. And the audience will have more of a sense of motiva- what Brody's motivation is as well, having seen last week's episode. Yeah, And there are going to be strong parallels with McCain's career mm-hmm. as well, because Brody is going to be invited into political life, right. uh, m- much like McCain was, um, albeit for a different party.
2: Yeah, and the interesting thing there, too, is just the cynicism of political life of here's this guy that people are attracted to, so let's get him in a position where they can vote for him. It's not that they even, that um, Brody wanted this, it's they're going, you know, people already like you, let's move you over and then we'll teach you how to do that position from right on. It's like any kind of celebrity, you know, any kind of celebrity at
8: all you know, we you know, uh, it, there's overwhelming evidence. We, we, we vote for personalities that yeah. let's, let's hear what their policies are like later. And, uh, either they, uh, you know, either they, they do something, uh, interesting and we've, we voted for Obama and, uh, I, you know, probably there are six of us in this room right now, probably all with different politics, but, uh, you know, there's, a, there's been a disappointment about the way that he's affected some of his policies, but, uh, We vote for personalities. We vote vote for the most impressive candidate. Oddly, like you said, we voted for hope.
2: Whether it's hope or security or tradition, we try to make it as simple as possible.
8: They're nebulous ideas. Yeah. They're nebulous ideas, but that's what gets the guy into the White House.
2: Yeah. And yet, we go back to this, and it's as complex as could be. Every single day is completely complex. Uh, You talked about the military. They plan things down to... The second, and yet there's still major fuck-ups when, you know, people will get killed that shouldn't have, whether they're innocent
8: people, whether some of the good guys, things just happen, you know? Yeah, uh, you know, and also there's, there's this ongoing question for returning soldiers of war suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. The army uh, are much better at it now. The military yeah. are much better at it now. But providing care for, for men who come back, women who come back. You know, as as Michelle Obama has always said, you know, it's not just the guys that fight the war, it's the families back home that right. fight the war too. It affects everybody. It does. So there is a, um, and this is one of the plot lines that plays very strongly in Homeland, is my wife, Jessica, has been canoodling with someone else. She waited for as long as possible I was presumed dead. She totally justifiably goes off and creates a relationship and finds a dad for her children. Happens to be, um, you know, one of my closest friends, Mm -hmm. which isn't the ideal situation, but it's very real. Yeah. Very real. It happens. It happens with families all over the U.S. Uh, I think just... Fewer families are going to have the bombshell of the guy suddenly appearing, Right. you know, like Lazarus, just saying, oh, hi, honey, I'm home. Yeah, uh, I wasn't dead after all. And uh, that could be confusing.
2: Well, the but, other uh, part of it, that, too, that I think is great when you talk about, oh, we've got more stuff for people. Uh, and I did a show on this and had veterans call from all over. It's not easy for these guys. The type of guy that'll become a marine is not also the type of guy who can ask for help, even if it's provided. That everything about them
8: goes, I
2: should be able to outmuscle this. It's in you your know? culture,
8: it's in yeah. your DNA. Don't show weakness. The cry is weak, but uh you know, that's that's why you get that extraordinary it's extraordinarily moving when you when you hear soldiers hardened tough Boys, really. Let's mm. face it; a lot of them, twenty-one, twenty-two-year-old kids, um, you know, and and, and and they have an opportunity to discuss the loss of friends, and you know, before tears, is this just this constipated sort of thousand-yard stare that comes in? They stumble over their words; they become inarticulate; they can't express it, yeah. and they they're in a sort of in a sort of netherland of of neither one thing nor the other, and it's. Uh, you know, it's 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 important that they're given a release, given an opportunity Absolutely. to discuss it, and and to break down and, and weep if the, if that's if that's what's or, necessary, or whatever
2: it takes. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's our responsibility. We sent those guys over there, no matter how it works out. Now it's our responsibility to get every one of them back. They've got to be able to come back. In this country, there's got to be a place. There's got to be jobs for them. There's got to be a, a chance where they
8: can feel. Like a member of the society. Absolutely, we don't want another Vietnam. You know, mm. and uh, I'm sure we've all seen documentaries. You know, returning soldiers from Vietnam. You know, it was it was a it was a political war. It wasn't a war that a lot of people believed in. This has similarities. There's no clear. Mm. Uh, um, well, I think we would all agree that there is a clear uh, evil proponent in this. Mm. We're fighting Al Qaeda and terrorism, but the way in which. Uh, We've affected our war on terrorism, hasn't always met with approval uh, from the electorate. Uh, We haven't always behaved uh, well as an invading army and as occupying forces. And uh, it's just important always that the soldiers feel that they're not undervalued uh, Mm. because they don't make the political decisions. And they have to be supported and they must be supported when they come home. Uh, For Homeland,
2: the news could change your show in a second, too. Uh, something could come up in the news where suddenly plot lines would seem ridiculous, so you guys have to be ready to move well, all the there time. Was,
8: there was a fascinating moment just before we went on air, uh, or between the pilot and we started filming the season, that Obama was, was killed. Um, uh, excuse me. Osama. Osama was killed. Yeah, <laughs> was killed. Uh, you heard it here first. <laughs> uh, lighting the Christmas tree last night. Uh, no. Um, Osama was killed and uh, you know, one the creators of the show are going, Oh my Christ, that's <laughs> ruined the show. We just where did our where did our threat go? Yeah. And but of course the reality of of the world post 9-11, and mm-hmm. why this show is so timely is that even though great inroads have been made into Al Qaeda and we have fractured Al Qaeda, these these rogue Um, isolated groups have sprung up just as dangerous, uh, more hidden and they can, they're attacking in different countries randomly and the threat is still, is still there and is still present. And, um, uh, they really used it and it was a fast, fantastic opportunity just to make the show even more current. So I think in episode two or episode three, someone goes, well... Bin Laden's dead, and it's just like, I I read on one blog how many shows actually, uh, you know, have been able to say that, of that current, that they just said, wow, okay, so...
2: It's the seesaw, too, between security and freedom. Uh, It's a terrific show, Homeland, on uh, Showtime, Sunday nights at 10 p.m., and if you haven't seen the show yet, you can go over to Showtime and just watch it straight through on demand as a movie right now and catch right up with it. I think it's an amazing thing. Thanks so much for coming in, man. Thanks for having me. It was great. Thanks for uh, all the great work, too. Damien Lewis, thanks so much. I'll see you next time through. Thanks.
8: Ron Bennington. Fez Watley. This is the Rod and Show.
5: What's up with the Vanilla Face? Uh, me and my homie Azamat just parked a slab outside. We're looking for somewhere to post
1: up our black asses for the night. So uh, bang bang, uh, skid skid, we're just a couple of pimps, no hoes.
6: Can I kick it? Can I kick it?
7: Can I
2: kick it? Can I kick it? It's a Run a show. Uh, Damien Lewis from, uh, Homeland was in here. Zits and I. This is our bonding TV show. Uh, but the funny thing is, I never watch it on time, so we can never have that thing of what the fuck just happened. Because I'm like, don't say anything. I get I'm get, i gonna say it in a couple days. It's a
6: DVR world. It is a DVR world. I was sitting here like, oh my god, we should take him out when we have the chance. It was just very strange. Like, See, I don't it- feel that way about him.
2: I actually think... That it's not so much that he's uh, a good guy, but I don't think he's a bad guy.
6: I know. No, I was just it's very strange because like lots of times we'll we'll have people in here where I'm removed from their projects. And since it's a movie I've seen a while ago or nothing, but like watching the show every week, I'm very much invested in it. So having him walking in. It was just like very strange uh, to see Sergeant Brody sitting there talking. That was awesome.
2: And that he came in with a black eye yes. and that bullshit story about his kid doing it when I know it was fucking Al-Qaeda? Abu Nazir. I loved him. This motherfucker's talking, isn't it? I loved him. Now let me get a bowl of uh, water and then wash my hands very slowly. Arabs, they just don't use the sink the way that we do. They have to put the water in a bowl and treat it like a whole big deal. Just wash your hands, dude. Um, I got to talk to a buddy of mine that is out of the jaws of death now. Um, his heart stopped oh, God. on the operating room table. and They were able to get it started again. He knows what the other side looks like. He's been there. He's walked with Jesus. It's our own Hard Rock Johnny. Johnny.
4: Hello, boys.
2: What do you say, Skinny?
4: Oh, I don't know. I was confused during that interview. First of all, I thought it was Fez with his accent no. during the interview no. when you were
2: pulling no. over. Fez only does Michael Caine now.
4: Okay, I was I was confused. I really was confused. I had no idea that Brody had an English accent. I love that show. It's like my favorite thing on TV right
2: now, dude. We are all fucking weirded out because he he came in here looking like just post tortured. Just like it happened to him seconds ago. Yeah, giant beard. I don't believe shit about his kid hitting him. But forget all that, Johnny. You've been on the operating room table. They cut your heart out. They gave you a new kind of uh, metal heart. Yeah. Is that what happened to you?
4: Not really, but uh, like you I wish. would be nice. What, what happened? Was, uh, I had three quarters of my stomach removed. It was, that's it.
2: I'm down to a quarter of a stomach. Now... First of all, I'll just say this. Thank Christ I didn't know when you were under, because I wouldn't have been able to handle it. <laughs> I might have ran into the fucking hospital and tried to steal you. And that kind of shit makes me nervous. And <laughs> they cut your stomach out.
4: Yeah, on Monday. It was Monday morning. Went in at like 8 o'clock. Wheeled me in. the last thing I remember is them saying, okay, we're going to give you a little oxygen now. And they just I saw the mask coming down, and I guess they already gave me something. And I woke up like three hours later in the recovery room, and the nurse was like, would you like some morphine? And I was like, sure. <laughs> Why, Why didn't
2: you ask me that two days ago? I wanted, wanted it. <laughs> um, so where are you in the hospital now?
4: No, no. I came home. Uh, the operation was Monday. I came home Tuesday night.
2: It's crazy the way we are in the world where you can get three quarters of your stomach cut out and then go home.
4: I was I was up and out of my bed on Monday night walking around for a little bit. groggily watched the Giants uh, game at the hospital, which was... I would mean, ask for more morphine at that point. <laughs> you
2: should, <laughs> you that. should watch every Giants game on morphine because you don't know. Like this team is either great or sucks. There's no in between for them.
4: It was, it was crazy. I like, I'm, I'm seeing that they're down, they're down by all these points, and I'm seeing, hearing them say, "Well, but Eli Manning just tied for the sixth most consecutive completions in the history of the NFL." I'm like, I'm so confused. I don't know what's going on. With <laughs> <that."> <laughs> um. <laughs> But it wasn't the morphine; it was just the way the Giants play.
2: So, how do you do? You miss your three quarters of a stomach?
4: No, I don't. I don't really miss it that much. I don't miss the stomach. I, I feel, uh, I feel like it's gone to a better place.
2: How How do you? Um, well, anything's a better place than your <laughs> belly. Now, how did you? How big is the scar? Is there a scar? Or tiny little?
4: It was laparoscopic, so it's five little scars that are like probably an inch by the width of a nickel
2: that's it. What? Yeah, and those that's how they do everything now. It's not the big slice open. They just get this thing and then they use their little robot arms to operate on it and you end up with no fun scar. Wouldn't it've been yeah. better just to be sliced wide open? Jagged. Yeah.
4: Open. It would have been cool scar. to have like a big scar and say something, but it's these five the worst part I'm telling you, the worst part about it is they inject you with um CO2 to
2: Oh, I hate something. your cat.
4: They, they inflate you so you, they can actually have a dome to work in. So that it moves the skin away from the organs. And that's the worst pain. It's just like this tremendous gas pain for like two days.
2: It's, it's gas in, pain that you can't burp or fart out. It's no, it's, it's not it's, in your regular canals. They, yeah, it's, they it's put the your, gas in places that you don't normally get gas. That's fucked. So you have no yeah, real yeah. way of removing it.
4: No, it's, it's like pushing up on your diaphragm. and it just kind I'm of never getting surgery. Like,
2: Yes, you are. Soon. <laughs> you
4: should. You should. Never.
1: I
2: I'm okay. going to have. What's wrong with me? I'm not getting searched. You're getting another three quarters of a stomach put in you. I'm... I just bought it used. <laughs> it's <load> up. <laughs> Super I, stomach.
4: I saved mine. <laughs> I saved
3: it for you. We found a donut. Um,
4: well, Michael Caine is
3: there. Yeah, kind of in his own way. No, life. it's just the morphine.
2: <laughs> um, I I still morphine. Johnny, yeah. when. Uh, so you haven't. Have you eaten yet?
4: No, I can't. I can't eat for a while. I'm eating, um, on clear liquids only right now.
2: And you don't want to eat yet, right?
4: I haven't. I haven't eaten since Sunday afternoon. I haven't felt hungry. I, I haven't, like, I have no desire to eat. There's no hunger. There's no, like, your head's hungry a little bit. And there's a lot of emotional part of it. But the head's hungry, but the stomach's like, do 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 just hanging out. I know. I
2: recommend that you take up smoking just to do something <laughs> during no? that time that you would normally be snacking.
4: I gotta
2: figure out something. I'm not sure what I'm gonna do yet. Play an instrument. <laughs> Maybe I'll start playing. I mean, track. at the time that you used to spend e- uh, eating, you could probably do calculus. <laughs> Learn another language. I think that that's
4: mean somehow in there, but no,
2: forget know. it. That's the old Johnny. I was mean too. Not new, fun, cooler Johnny.
4: felt Johnny.
2: <laughs> but uh,
4: it's been—it's uh, crazy. It's kind of crazy, like you know. They gave me some pills and they said, "Go home." Here you go. Here's some Percocet. Beat it.
2: Well, I'm uh, I'm happy for you. I was a nervous fucking wreck, but I'm so glad that you're okay. When are you going back to work?
4: Monday. I'm back to work Monday, and uh, you know, like a light. You know, I got like a little bit of work on Monday. I gotta go. To, I gotta go to for a follow up on Tuesday with the surgeon. Uh, and, and just in the office. I gotta go to like a meeting, and I don't know. They're gonna talk to you about you know how do you feel, and I'm gonna say I feel like I'm miss pizza and they're going to say that's not good and i'm going to say all right well i miss it anyway
2: still like it.
4: it yeah i still like it i'm still gonna be able to eat it eventually <laughs> it's uh you know so it's it's uh right back to it i mean I, I feel like i can go to work today to be honest with you i mean i'm walking around hanging out not much i can do kind of boring home.
2: uh all right johnny well we're so happy for you dude
4: well Thank you guys for your support. It was nice I got little all
2: right little We'll see you as soon as you're down. you know you're ready to take guests
4: yeah, yeah, I'll come back over by you guys one day next week maybe
2: all right, I can't wait to see your new belly
4: <laughs> it's, it's It's not much different than the old one. It's a little smaller at this point, but not much
2: all right, Johnny all right, boys. All right, bye boy bye
4: I'll
2: tell you the truth, and I went over this with uh, Jeremy Piven today. I love that fucking guy, Johnny.
1: I'm a giant fucking man. No doubt about it.
2: Oh, guess who just texted me? Oh, who? Ahura. Seriously? Mm hmm.
1: Is it about that role that you're going to be like her assistant? Don't worry on? about what it's about. I'm the fact
2: excited. is that I happen to be friends with Nichelle. It's very exciting. Nichelle. She's a good singer. Oh, ah, That was the weirdest thing ever. When she just started fucking doing the weird. Dolphin noises.
1: Oh, yeah. She loved it, though.
2: She doesn't text you at all? No, I never get any texts from the show. The weird thing is you're a big Star Trek fan.
1: Oh, yeah. Love Star Trek. I love to get some
2: text. Me, too. My favorite character is probably pointy ear guys.
1: Those are Vulcans. Huh? Like Spock. It's a Vulcan.
2: A fucking what?
1: Vulcan. That's What's a Spock? Spock is the science officer on the Star Trek Enterprise. What's his first name? It's just, it's just Spock.
2: I found out what it is. What, what, really? Is a first name? Yeah, Nichelle told me. What is it? Jeff. What? Jeff Spock. he doesn't sound very alien. Is it a G what? or a J? He's half human. And the human part of him is just Jeff. <laughs> Not even uh, Jeffrey. Uh, you know, uh, Shatner is doing that thing again where he's fighting with Carrie Fisher, if you care. <laughs> I guess we could play that for a minute or so at some point in Bang, Oh man, he is fucking. I just don't shit. like the fact that he thinks he's being crazy.
1: He's real with combined with that uh, talk show he has, where that crazy ass couch that just makes him like being comfortably close to everyone. I don't know what Shatner's doing.
2: Here's the audio. This Shatner's
9: nuts. Carrie Fisher. Skinny little Carrie Fisher. What is she, 39? I'm a lot older than that. Wait till you're my age, Carrie Fisher. See how much weight you gain. This isn't weight, this is muscle. Look at that. That's a muscle. What do you got? Skinny little... I can't even watch it, seriously. I
2: just... I can't... I can't stand... It's like... To me, it's like if Craze goes, hey, I'm going to come in and act like I'm nuts. Just come in and be yourself. <laughs> I you love know?
1: Craze to react to Shatner.
2: I would rather do... and Rather than saying, hey, I want you to come in and act Nutty tomorrow, I'd rather do a thing where I say, uh, Fez, you're now the Michael Caine guy. Just act like you're Michael Caine. And let it go from there. And as you see him embracing it, you know, and really trying to do it, yeah, blow that's it up. fucking funnier to me. Um... Here's uh, Matt. Matt in Jersey, you're on the Fez.
4: Hey, Ronnie. Uh, I'm a Marine combat veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. Well, I got and, three
2: um, radio shows, so everybody's doing okay for themselves.
4: Well, yeah. Well, I just I wanted to say thank you because you're constantly showing your support and uh, empathy for soldiers uh, all the way back to the Vietnam time to, to now, and uh, we always appreciate it, and I appreciate what you do, bro, so thank you.
2: Well, it's very interesting because a lot of people will get you know, when you do anything like that that comes up as political, but it it always frustrates me when everyone acts like, support the troops, support the troops, and then they just drop these guys back off into places where it doesn't show that the country even understands or gives a shit even slightly. And I just feel like the guys that go over there for these things, whether you believe in the war or not, as a taxpayer, we all have a certain responsibility. It's weird where people decide to show patriotism and where they don't decide to show patriotism. I'm not a big flag waver.
1: I think that's the easiest. They'll choose the easiest way to show patriotism like put it on a pin.
2: See, I I, or I the flag. To me that stuff doesn't mean anything. Now there's a thing out right now. There's video up about the cops that ripped the flag down. And there's some people that are furious about it. I've never been tied into that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like I don't get overly upset of how a flag is treated. I think it's the ideas behind the flag that are much more important.
1: People fucking lose their shit.
2: All right, do we have that uh flag video up? Where is it on? The IB wire or it's not up yet? Alright, we're gonna have it up in uh in a little bit. But uh for me it never seems like that's the... Well, I will No, I'll tell you a thing that always bothers me more. I think I hate it more like when foreigners get mad at us and burn our flag. But that might be back to the Chai Sun Valley game where the, the night before in the bonfire, you would throw their uniform dummy into your bonfire.
1: Hell yeah. Fuck it, yeah, get all fucked up.
2: So I don't mind so much when Americans... There's some people, if there's a tattered flag outside someplace, right, they'll stop their fucking car, go up to the house, and start to fuck with people. Like,
1: what the hell are you doing with that thing? Yeah,
2: that's not the way to treat a flag. Um, I'd much rather be about the, the ideas of America and what the hell we're supposed to be standing for. But I get it. You know, I guess the flag is a symbol. All right, here it is, and see whether this bothers you or not. So, as the cops are bum rushing occupy l a um, and again, Jesus Christ it was an army of police that went into the place, uh, and they run off these young students mixed with the occasional homeless person um, and it kind of looks like. Planet of the Apes at the end, except for if the cops were the apes. Now watch this cop trying to take down the big American flag that they had. And he's just trying to tear it down and shred it. So, of course, a lot of the protesters are saying this goes exactly, shows what they're doing. They have no respect for, you know, the flag. Obviously not. They don't have respect for the Constitution. I'm. have never been that tied into a flag. Does it bother you? Um, I mean, it bothers me
1: more if he was beaten someone. I mean, this it, the tearing a the flag down isn't is the least of the things
2: that's going on. In so the, you're not a big flag person. You don't. I think some flags look badass, but I'm not like tied <laughs> into it. <laughs> well, like. I'm talking about our flag. Oh, all right. I mean, obviously, no one will say never destroy a Brazilian flag, never <laughs> piss on a fucking Iraqi flag, but about the American flag, you don't feel anything. You don't get caught up in it. Not as much as other people. Um, Zitz, what about you?
6: Uh, I've never, like, I, I don't let flags touch the ground or something, and then I realize I'm only doing that for something that's instilled in me for, pursuit, like, no they reason. They do it to you at a very early it's age. very They're strange. right about that, yeah. And uh, I personally, I think it's what it stands for. It's not what it actually is. I don't
2: is. think I've ever been to a flag ceremony after the third grade, but we had a couple uh, between first and third grade where we would march out and try to fold the flag properly. Uh, I'll throw it out there to people, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. What about you, Michael Kane?
3: I don't like it. I would feel... You
2: don't like the flag?
3: No, I don't like the flag being desecrated. If it was my native Union Jack, then but,
2: I would get very upset. Try to stay in a real moment here, though. The American flag. The interesting thing about the word desecrated is that you never use it anywhere else. You know what I mean? That it's almost up this one word that only has can be used with the flag. No one ever said, you desecrated the tablecloth. Or you motherfuckers, I go out for half an hour and you desecrated the couch. It's this kind of made-up word that only goes with the flag. And it's a matter of kind of back what Zeet said of whether or not you feel the flag is somehow this important thing. Now, these cops didn't. And there's a lot of people pissed off about it. But I think they just wanted to tear this shit down and go home. Yeah, they were just trying
1: to clean up. They just they want to get this over with. And they wanted
2: out. to take that down. Um... And get rid of it. Let's go over here. to Dan Albany, you're manifest.
4: Hey, Ron. I just wanted to uh, explain, I think most of the people with you haven't been in the military. And the purpose, when you're in a battle, is to claim the other person's flag or plant your flag. So I think the reason why most of us honor the flag so much is in respect to the sacrifices of those who fought those battles to raise that flag.
2: I, I get that, but to me, instead of worrying about that flag, why not worry about the veterans that come back? Why don't you take that same kind of thing that you say you have for the flag and have it to do, the veterans come back. Do they get the materials to restart a life? Is there a chance for them to now to come up here uh, and be part of a life back in the United States. So people will pay more attention to the flag and how they treat their flag on Veterans Day, or even the fact that we have one day for Veterans Day to go, I honor those guys. But they're not really... You're not allowing your taxes to get raised to take care of them. Uh, you are a big fan of giving them more and more missiles to drop on people. But to those guys as individuals, I don't know if we always care about um, Let's go over to Bill in Georgia. Bill.
4: Hey, Ronnie, I agree with you about that, treating the veterans better. But we, my father-in-law was a World War II veteran, and he had a uh, military-style funeral. It really wasn't a military funeral, but the color guard was there to do the flag. And that was pretty touching to watch those guys, how they handled that flag and all. They came off the casket and folded it up and gave it to my mother-in-law.
2: I've actually been in that situation. A friend of mine uh, died as a pilot. And, um his mother was sitting there and they it was a full and I mean he was in the military when it happened and they did the full military uh color guard everything and I did not think it would have been the type of thing that would have touched me you know what I mean i would have yeah. thought well he's gone that's all that matters but when they did that whole ceremony uh and handed that flag to uh, his mother. Uh, it was a very, very touching thing at the time. One that that surprised me, that was so moving. Uh, let's go over here to uh, Brett. Brett, you're on fess.
4: Brett. Um, yeah. Uh, Desecrated. De- 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 I'm sorry. Desecrate
2: I- is the word that you're looking Thank for. You.
4: Desecrate. Thank you. To desecrate something means to be sacralized. It's something that's held sacred.
2: All right, can I tell you something? My father had an album collection that I desecrated, that he was crazy about it, and I was just spinning shit around. I'd move the needle. I'm not going to lie to you. I can't sit through a whole fucking thing. I'm moving the needle. Scratch. Don't scratch it, man. I was the original fucking DJ that was scratching at a very early age. Remix. Yeah.
6: Grandmaster Bennington.
2: Uh, I'd prefer Ron I think that's the same thing as Grandmaster um, let's go over to um, Mike Mike in Atlanta' a manifest
4: hey buddies uh, yeah, my grandfather was a uh, Korea war Korean War vet and when they buried him they had like the the flag folding and the kind of the ceremony and they had a, a trumpet player uh, playing whatever that song is that they play uh, but it was really cool Taps. until we realized that he was miming the trumpet and the recording that he was trying to sneak around as if it was live kept looping. And at the gravesite, he couldn't get it to turn off. It was it was brutal to be there and watch. And hilarious at the same time. I thought it was pretty funny.
2: Nothing is funnier than a funeral. A funeral laugh is the best laugh you'll ever have in life. Ian in Portland.
4: Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, uh, I, you know, I got out of the service in 99, but when I was in, um,
0: I would do, uh,
4: as part of the downtime, we would do funerals for anyone that was a veteran that would um, request a military bur- burial. So we would go out and do um, do a flag ceremony and stuff.
2: And now you tell us something. You know what I mean? Like you just set this backstory.
4: So, so I, anyways. What would happen is, is the reason why you get some, some errors is, is they're, they're kind of doing these funerals and you have low, you have lower enlisted, um, doing the, uh, rifle work or the 21 gun salute, um, and you don't always have somebody that is capable of playing taps, um, which is, which is why maybe you get, uh, a brutal, <laughs> uh, uh, th- mess up with the recording.
2: Thank you. Uh, let's go over here to Todd in Pittsburgh. Todd, you're on the fez.
4: Hey, guys. You know, I think the, the flag, uh, the pledge of allegiance, all that shit is part of the brainwashing that we make fun of other countries for doing the same thing.
2: Uh, let me throw that out there. Do you guys think of it as brainwashing?
1: I think it's brainwashing. I think it's being proud of your country and teaching people that you're in America and it's a good place but, to
2: live. But why do we do it at such an early age and then it gets dropped? I mean if the <laughs> pledge of allegiance is so important, why don't we do it before we start work in the morning? I mean the outside of first grade and a ball game, we don't seem to be pushing these things as very, very patriotic. Um, but to the very little kids, they have to get it, and they get it hard. I think that's what he's talking about is brainwashing. Of course, it is important for any society to teach their young, this is who we are, that's why the society carries on like that. But you don't ever say to little kids, so what do you guys think? Uh, you like it? Do you want to make any changes? <laughs> you go just the opposite with little kids, no matter what you belong to. Just fucking so driving into them. Uh, mafia parents will say to the kids, we don't talk to the cops. And you'll tell them that at a very early age. Good. It's good advice. They won't say talk to some cops. Some cops are nice. No, no. no. The mafia parents will say, don't talk to cops. When you're in first grade, uh, about that age, you start committing yourself to your country, the greatest country in the world, and your religion the only true religion. They will never tell you in your religious studies, anyone. There are a lot of different ways to go with this. Is Buddhism. A lot of things that you can be. It all ends up the same place. Um, so, yeah, I am. I guess um, that it's all about the same thing. But uh, it's
3: to get them in line for everything, right? Not just country.
2: Brian, you're on the Renafade show.
4: Hey, I want, I want to get in on this, if you don't mind. Me being a military member itself, they, they don't brainwash me into anything.
2: I chose... Well, first of, of all, all, Brian, you're beyond the age that we're talking about. But if it wasn't brainwashing, why do you have boot camp?
4: Okay, well, let me back let me backtrack then. As a child, uh, it wasn't brainwashed to me either. They pretty much said, you know, this is the Pledge of Allegiance. There was a few people that wanted to say the pledge, and... We didn't knock them for it. It was like, that was their choice.
2: That's, their, that's your... That's well, first your, of all, when I was younger, you had to say the pledge and now I know they're not, but really? those kids are... Yeah. Like, if you're a Muslim kid or something, uh, or I think, like, Mormon, you can't say the pledge, but those kids are seen as pretty rebellious uh, as a very young age. Um, what it, so you... Uh, the flag means this stuff. How did you feel about what the cops did? Um, I felt
4: they were doing a job. Um... We're talking about occupy uh, the, the Occupy kids, right?
2: Uh, no, we're talking about the, the fact that the cops tore the flag down, shredding it, rather than do the full flag ceremony.
4: Um, Depend on the circumstances, with the, the fact that there's cops, I mean, they should have known that this is going to be blown up anyway, because everyone's going to see it. But... It depend on the circumstance, I would understand. You know what I'm saying? Like, depend on the circumstance.
2: Sometimes if you're in a hurry, you can shred the flag. All right, I appreciate it, buddy. Take care, Brian. Here's Bob in Florida. You're on Hey,
4: Ronnie. Ronnie, shows. good to talk to you. Look, it starts with Boy Scouts.
2: Mm-hmm.
7: You know,
4: you're literally dragged to the Boy Scouts. I did Boy Scouts. I did Civil Air Patrol. And then JROTC. You know, in our high
2: school... <clears throat> I'm listening to you. I think we lost you. Uh were you ever a Cub Scout or anything? Um oh, hell no. Seats? No way. I think it's very strange. This was an A story. Um yeah. <laughs> They're not gonna get you guys to nature. I would always like it with in it's in the very early ages when you have Cub Scouts or Boy Scouts, but some kids would wear their dress blues, into school every once in a while, if they had a big meeting that night. As a way of saying, this is an official day for all of us. <laughs> it's a very official day. This is my outfit. That would always crack me up. <laughs> um, let's go over to um, Dale. Dale, you're on Hey,
4: Ronnie. What gets me is, as a child, we've all pledged to the flag and the fact that we're a republic, yet we want to go around... Every day to every country, saying we need we're a democracy and we need to spread spread democracy.
2: So that's something that we need to do.
4: No, we need to stay a republic. And we need to uh, acknowledge we're a republic where we have in, inalienable rights. We're not two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. We're not a democracy.
2: Okay, my friend, thank you. Uh, let's go over here to Jeff. Jeff, your
4: Hey, Ronnie, I just wanted to get your opinion on, like, uh, the military parades. I know we don't do it here in America, but I know Russia has their big one for May Day, the victory over the Nazis. Do yeah. you think that's a form of intimidation, or is it just national pride? I, I don't
2: I, – I have no problem with the military parade, but I don't like when we bring out weapons to say, hey, now applaud the weapons. That comes across – a Little bit as Russians to me. I, I, if the guys are coming through and we're applauding the guys, I'm a big fan of it. But when you see that truck with like missiles on the back, kind of and everyone's like, Yay, <laughs> that looks like the May Day Parade to me. That's uh weird. Uh, Dan, you're Hi, how about it? Hey,
4: I just wanted to say, man, um, Boy
2: Scouts are pretty much um, the faggots or um, sorry, uh, Fezzy, but they're pretty much faggots. And, um, or the, basically the social freaking inept kids that couldn't hang out or find their place with anything else, they kind of had to
4: join the Cub Scouts. That's
2: um, that. well, I'm yeah, I mean, back. there's some of that and they're like, there's some kids that have fun with it just because you don't do it, you know, just because like, if you're on the football team, yeah, the soccer team seems like a bunch of weirdos. So what? <laughs> Let everybody do the stuff that they want to. What's
1: their problem playing soccer?
2: Now, the weird thing is that I say I don't like when we clap for military you know, weapons and stuff. I do like clapping for a fire engine when it goes by. And then I always yell out, siren, siren, to try to get them to turn on the siren. I love the
1: a good fire truck siren.
2: Um, let's go over here to... Um, Let's go over here to Sal. Sal, you're on hey,
4: yeah, Ron. Listen, the whole idea behind the flag is the freedom that you're allowed to do everything. That's the symbolic of the flag. So you should be able to do anything you want. Like you are. You are allowed to do anything you want. And, and you, if you take offense to that, you really take offense to what the flag stands for. That's, it. That's so, all I have to say.
2: So you're saying you don't have any problem with it. When a person burns the flag, you're like, hey, that makes us even more powerful.
4: That's exactly right, because we're allowed
2: to do it. See, that's kind of a powerful statement. Um, Well, yeah, you're allowed to dislike people doing it, but it doesn't also mean that it should be unlawful. If these cops want to come out there and shred the American flag to rip it down as if it's just an old fucking shower curtain, maybe that makes us even more powerful. And, I mean, I didn't watch the end of it. I don't know if any of the cops urinated on it. But the fact is they did go ripping it down as if it was tissue paper. Um, let's go over here to Mike. Mike, you Fez.
4: Hey, guys. Uh, Samuel Johnson said patriotism is the last refuge of a scoundrel. And it's kind of like Mussolini. Yeah, he was very patriotic. Uh,
2: Hitler would push patriotism more than anyone.
4: Fidel Castro. Um,
2: it, yeah.
7: What America stands for, not some silly flag.
2: Uh, I will agree with those things, that a lot of times, and here's the weird things about people who get caught up in that. They immediately want other people to do it. It's like if you go to a ball game and they start playing a national anthem. And then you just, take off your fucking hat, oh, you they, jerk off, it goes to take off nuts. your fucking hat. support. And you're like, all right, I understand this guy's had a hat on. I'm six rows over, I wouldn't even know it, but you're yelling, take off your fucking hat, disrupting the song as well. Well, he's
1: drunk, too. Oh, okay. So he's had 15 fucking beers before he walked into the
2: place. That don't make him a bad person. No. Um, Nick, you're on Run The Face Show. Nick, go ahead, buddy.
4: Oh, yeah. Sorry, Ronnie. Uh, phone kind of uh, uh, messed up. Don't a you bit.
2: apologize. Just keep com- moving forward. Yeah, like
4: all is about the guy I was calling Boy Scouts faggots. I mean, this dude is a fucking idiot. He has no idea what he's talking about. Boy Scouts, I mean, yeah, sometimes they get shot on, but they get more promotions in and, uh, and jobs and they get uh, more promotions in the military and uh, mm-hmm. the guy that just called about that is... A
2: it is true, idiot. because I think Scott and Mel are both Boy Scouts, and that's how they were able to move to the top of the SiriusXM heat. What? Uh, yeah, it's through I'm their an, troop stuff, through a lot of I'm the badges that, that they have. Tie right. knots. Yeah, they're tying knots, and they're also able to bake. Don't think that it's sissy, because someday you're going to want to do it for yourself, and these guys will be eating food, and you won't. I thought that Fez was going to come in uh, as a defender to that. He took the collar on it. Sometimes I leave it like, there's your spot, Big Cat. Do you want it? Uh, Brian, you're on the Run Fed Show.
4: Hey, Ronnie B. Uh, father of two, both are in the Cub Scouts, and um, they, they're both really great kids. They do a lot for their community. Um, and, and honestly, it, it, Cub Scouts teach a lot uh, at an age about responsibility and about uh, uh, caring for those around you. Uh, you know, and, and that's something that's lifelong, man. I mean, no one's gonna, maybe, maybe they grow up and, and they don't become the most conservative person in the world, but at least they have a little more culture about the people around them. Brian,
2: were you a scout too?
4: Uh, I was, I was an Eagle Scout. I, I got mm. the Eagle Scout and then, uh, and that was about it. But, you know, I drive a truck for a living now, but I'm happy with my life and I'm happy with the fact that my kids, uh, are appreciative of the people around them and help them out.
2: Uh, I, that's the most important thing. I like your phone call. You know, everybody wants to go around judging other people. Why not just let these kids, if they want to do something, why can't they just be with the group of people they want to be with? No, they're If, the, if the kid wants to be on the football team, support him, He wants to be a math elite, support them. Like, like, if your kid's a math elite, you'll be like this. So, uh uh we really stopped those guys in division. I mean just try to fucking be a part of it if you can. Remember, you're always being fake anyway. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, Bob Yerman Hey
4: buddies, uh Ron, you said you don't like the cheering for weapons, but tell me you don't get chills and let out a, a yell when you see the F fifteen fly by at a football game.
2: I will say this. Uh I think it's overdone and I'm somewhat uncomfortable about the NFL's tie-in with the military. And the main reason is because Pat Tillman. If they would have had the balls, the same people that talked about the Pat Tillman stuff would have then had the balls to go, hey, all the stuff that we told you and that we cried about, it was even worse than we thought. It was friendly fire. Then it was covered up by our military. But guess what? Pat Tillman's still a hero. And this country is still terrific because we're able to give you the truth and you're able to sift through it. That would have meant the world to me. But when I see that cover-up going down and the fact that the NFL was part of it and the Tillman family knows it, the Tillman family are the ones that brought that to our attention. Um, it's embarrassing. Plus it's been done too much. What I'd like to see instead of the Jets flying over the Super Bowl is just somebody going over it with a real small balloon. And they're just it's kinda like a small blimp but they're hanging onto it with a rope let's get balloon not tied situation. to it. Just fucking oh, hanging oh. <laughs> onto it with their feet kicking. And maybe on the balloon goes, If he lets go he dies. And then we got to watch that for a half an hour.
1: People will be fucking tied into in that shit. And the
6: players would cramp up, though. They're, like, ready to play.
2: Um, let's go over here to um, Brandon. Brandon, you're in manifest.
4: Hey, boys. What's going on? Uh, I was just going to comment that, you know, Boy Scouts is where you, get, where you learn to get with your buddies and smoke cigarettes and drink beer and do all that kind of stuff when you're younger. And then when you get into high school... You switch over and start playing football. I mean, I I had a
2: blast doing Boy Scouts. That's great. Everybody should do what they enjoy doing. Um, Some of those guys just drop the F-bomb like it's nothing. Uh, But let's get back to uh, the cops here for a second and the military. See if this doesn't uh, annoy you. Michael Bloomberg said in a speech, I have my own army. And we, the New York police are the seventh biggest army in the world. That. Now, I don't want to think of the police as a fucking occupying army. One That's man's not army. comfortable. One man's
1: fucking... One billionaire's fucking private army. Thank you. <laughs> what the fuck? Thank you. That's not going to win you anything.
2: Bloomberg only has one thing in his mind, how he can get kryptonite and finally destroy his enemy, <laughs> Superman. <laughs> The billionaire mayor with his own army is fucking nuts. This is it's. This is fucking terrible that he said this. You tiny little gangster. You fucking itty bitty gangster.
1: He bought his. He bought his way into getting more more terms. Now he's talking about his own private army.
2: El Insane. Presidente, Mike Bloomberg.
1: Let's just get giant pictures of him, like fucking um, Chairman Mao.
2: I will tell you something. And the first person who told us that Bloomberg was nuts was Blowhard. And we're just so used to the Blowhard yelling out paranoid shit. Yeah, that we're just like, he's just a guy, Blowhard. I know he's Jewish, so you're mad at him. But this thing where he finally said, I have my own army, not even the city of New York. And this, I, I want you to understand this, Bloomberg. We don't want an army. We'd rather have a police force protecting and serving. And then brags about how big it is. Yeah. 7th largest in the world. Jesus. I guess he's not considering New York as part of the United States. So that's one. China's got to be up there. The Koreas. Britain. I mean, seriously, are we now saying we have a bigger army than Argentina? I think so. Than Bolivia? It's
3: literally a Napoleon complex.
2: Uh, here's Jimmy in Staten Island.
4: Hey, boys. Um, I got three points I'd like to touch on. Number one, the, the Pledge of Allegiance in school when you're a kid is to give you a foundation, a basis to establish pride. Okay? That's number one. Number two, with the, uh, with, with the guy who said that the the taps at the funeral was recorded in loop, that's bullshit. The military takes that very seriously. Because well, well, uh,
2: Jimmy, the guy was there. Oh
4: fuck up. Uh, my uncle had a
2: military a, a funeral, okay? And the guy really played the trumpet, and he was off in the distance. Uh, yeah, I have seen, I have been. To, I was at a military funeral, and everything was done beautifully. I already told the story. But it doesn't mean every single one of them is. This guy was at a thing where they faked it. There's a lot I'm not going to call him a liar for that. A lot of trumpet sinking going on out there. I'd just rather see a guy go out there with his own fucking mouth. Oh my
6: god. We can only get a kazoo today. He's I
2: actually was at a thing where I saw a guy going like this.
6: Trumpet noise. Trumpet
2: noise. Arr, trumpet sounds. He's not really playing the trumpet. <laughs> My dad was like, shut up. Let's just get this over with. I want to go home and put on better shoes. You ever do that? Like your parents just freak out on you? Like... Why do I got to wear hard shoes? It's your grandmother's funeral! Oh, as a child. And I can't go with sneakers and mourn. No! They hurt, though. Jesus. Because you used to say that awful thing, like, you know, why do we got. Because my mom died! It's my mother, it's to you, it's just a grandma! Yeah. This woman raised me! And I can't wear sneakers.
1: No! What's she really? Who have are you? To do with me?
2: Who are you? Your kid? You're a disappointment. Oh. You're the dumbest three-year-old I've ever seen. She's... All my friends' three-year-olds are great. It hurts. The Michael Kane was supposed to be for one break. You've kept it going on. An entire show.
6: I just changed the pad data.
2: It's nuts. Um, John, your manifest. John.
4: Yeah, how are you? Good. Ron, less than two percent of all boys who enter scouts become an Eagle Scout. It just amazes me how many people call in and they were Eagle Scouts.
2: Well, I'm very, very big with Eagle Scouts. (laughs) But it's not like, hey, it's not like 100% of the Cub Scouts try out for it and only two make it like they're Green Berets. You know what I mean? (laughs) Most people are like, okay, I'm 10. This weirdness has to stop. It's
1: been going on for way too long as it is. I don't even know. I didn't even know anyone fucking Boy Scouts.
6: Don't the Boy Scouts hate gay people, too? Isn't that like a... They don't allow them in. Which is a little ridiculous.
2: Well, it's because they're a religious organization. Oh. They're a Christian based organization. So to be in that, you've got to say, I'm going to follow the Bible. And obviously, the gays refuse to do that. What's the their gays,
0: problem?
2: Uh, well, the gays want to lie with another man. Mm. Now, they don't. A lot of the things that hate gays are so gay. I think that you could stand up with another man. That, that, like glory hole. But or nobody wants. Yeah, glory hole or. But no one ever wants to bring that up. Then they get upset when they lose. Where's some Michael Caine? Where's Michael Caine at? We have the sea
3: dog. He's around. Here you. Me doing a Michael Caine impression.
6: Okay, I have to update. Daily the only American. Data. I have to update the pad data again now. What is it now? Well, now it said it briefly said the Ron and Michael Caine show. Button. We're trying to brand this. Show. I know. Uh... It's
2: bad enough that our name isn't on the interbank. Where's your branding possibilities? Shut up, branding person. What are you fucking Madison Avenue? Why can't you just make something fucking cool? Why do you have to constantly do your brand? Why aren't you tweeting? Fuck off with the branding. You'll have more people following you if you start tweeting. Why would I?
1: Get your social media up, dog. <laughs> I
2: don't know. I don't know if I want to do any of that. <laughs> Going to lunch now. Never forget, Turkey Club is delicious. No tomato. Holy shit! You fuck silly. no you just tomato. Tweeted? Why would you ruin it by putting tomato on it? Tomato is like the devil's balls.
6: Oh, I'm gonna tweet that Hot. right now. Tweet it. Okay, at Mark Zito on Twitter, I'm going to put tomato is like the devil's balls.
2: And I, that was put, at Mark Zito, you love licking balls. I don't,
6: I don't want everyone to do that. I'm fingering yeah. your own ass. <laughs> no. yeah. don't do at that. same time, Isaac, what are you
2: you're doing? just looking.
6: At Mark Zito can't handle it. Do you
2: it. think Zito's gay? Sometimes I get a little weirded out. I would say this. If I thought anyone would own this show was actually gay, it would be Zito first.
6: Yeah, but the thing is, I always say, like, if I were gay, like, I'd be so gay. Like, I'd be, like, yeah. the out gay guy. Like, right. Like kind of no, right. No, now. no, no, no. no, So, like, like I, I would have no problems being like, yeah, I'm gay. I'm not gay. I don't care.
2: I will say this. Zitz was so good at that fucking meeting yesterday. I don't care if he is gay. Wow. That's saying a lot. Oh, thank you. If a gay person is efficient and can get their work done, I would actually accept. Just
1: blow as many dudes as you want. You yeah. get your work done, right? there. Yeah, go suck some... <laughs> you did yeah, a good job, you. Go suck a cock. Come on. Take a load off. What or... do you say,
2: boys? Off for some cock now?
1: <laughs> Shopping and cock? I don't know. Is
6: that what you do? You guys going out for a smoke? Why?
2: Shine your arm a fez.
6: Hey Ronnie, I understand what you were
4: saying earlier, but with the Boy Scouts, you actually don't have to follow the Bible. It's a uh, it, they they accept all religions and there are multiple religious awards for the different. They religions.
2: forced some kids into other religions. They made a couple of kids become Buddhists when they didn't want to. <laughs> um I put my kids in a thing called Futler, Future Hitler's of America. What? And uh, they loved it, really. Yeah, because they, my kids, never like bending their knees anyway. Uh-huh. So this was something that they naturally could fall into. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's, uh, Jake here is Jake the fez. Hello. Hey, Jake.
4: Oh hey, what's up, y'all? Um I'm an Eagle Scout. I'm also active in the military and I was I was with, with everything that y'all were saying, um I actually got my first blow job when I was a counselor at uh, Boy Scout Summer Camp. And I'm, let me explain this real quick. You know, the I think the, I know what happened. Scouting Well the Scouting Organization doesn't just have the Boy Scouts. I mean there's the Boy there's also venture scouting and explorer scouts, both of which are co ed. So you know, you know, being around you know the female population there is a lot like I'm. I'm also active duty military. You know we have an active female population here, and you know when it comes to the gay population, the religious populations, um, you know the, the said minorities, there there isn't you know the the amount of discretion that's uh, I, I think put out.
2: Jake, Probably to me, like, the gayest thing that you could do is call some strangers and talk about having your dick sucked. <laughs> Thanks. One time I got my knobs, so...
6: Hey. A lot of people are telling me I lick balls on Twitter. Why? I, I don't know. It's like weird. We told Let me see do. your Twitter picture. That's me with Cookie Monster and Elmo.
2: What are you, at, at homotets.com?
6: No, I'm at Mark Zito on Twitter.
2: Oh.
6: That really is a ball... Well, you've got a...
2: You have a receding hairline. you got Vince Vaughn hair.
6: Well, also, I, I wear the, the hat all the time, which is pushing it back as far this as possible. This is really
2: funny. So yesterday, I mean, he looks like, seriously, it looked like wake your kid up and take him to work day. <laughs> he looked like <laughs> a little kid just waking up. I go, could you at least take the hat off before we go to this meeting? And he takes it off, and it looks like he had taken a mixer and just run it through his hair.
1: It looks fucking nuts when he takes that guy and thing off, which is rare.
6: Mm.
2: So you quoted me on that tomato as like liking
6: balls? Yes. That was your Why didn't you ever put that at Ronnie B quotes? My mistake. I will, I will get that to them right now.
2: Let me see. Take the hat off for a second. I want to see. You got a Vince Vaughn like peak going there. Like pull it back like Jack. You'll be able to get out of it for a while because as it recedes you just keep you know, putting it up higher. All right.
1: There you go. You got you look action. like Gary
2: Steinhardt? It look, it'll be money. People still doing that money bit. I think so. I like to say that's so media. If something's cool,
6: that's so raven. Look at the three Muppets. <laughs> I have the second biggest nose in that. I have the first biggest nose in that photo.
2: I guess the Cookie Monster can't smell. I want to put a Gary Steinhardt picture up next to Mark Zitos. And who's, uh, who's going bald first? Oh, no. Why? <coughs> Fez, you don't know whether it'd be Fez or Michael Kane now?
3: Sometimes it gets a little confusing for me.
2: Well, I just said Fez, not Michael. What if we use that thing as our rule of thumb? You're just trying to do what you're supposed to do.
3: Uh just trying to really work on the Michael Kane.
2: Why though? So that I can nail it. But why did that? Was that your idea?
3: No, that was your idea this morning.
2: You think it was a sensible one? Let's say he was winning the Michael Kane contest.
1: Very exciting, because this Kane thing is fucking hotly debated. Is it? I think so.
2: Oh, it's a new game up, by the way, too. Five Easy Pieces. That is up. And what are we giving away today?
1: Today we're giving sign away Kings? the sign Ray Davies. Well respected. Awesome. You're awesome, dude. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but Ray Davies is fucking the real awesome one here.
2: <laughs> by the way, uh, I saw the thing at RollingStone.com. I had a thing that, um, brand new comedy album coming out from Patrice O'Neill. And I'm like, really? Rollingstone.com. Why couldn't you have shown this to Patrice? Why does America have such a death fetish? That, we love it. You know, and I'm glad that Patrice is getting recognition, but I would have loved it if he was still alive. Michael kane.
1: Michael Caine. Michael Caine is beating at handily for 41.7%. Right, who's next? Then Pete Walsh at 22%.
2: Wow! Beating yeah. the stars.
1: Mm-hmm. Then who? And Then it's uh, Coogan at about 14%. And then Peter Sellers and Rob Brydon tied at 11.1%. Those Sellers would getting fucking
2: higher. I just love Sellers. I love Sellers the way you love death metal. Not the biggest death metal fan. Who's your favorite death metal band? Um, Slayer?
1: Or is that just metal?
2: I never thought it was death metal. Okay. Like to me, Morbid Angel was always death metal. Alright. Send Fred in here.
1: Used to be Fred, get the fuck in here.
2: Thank you. By the way, I'm very, very excited about this. They did the Grammy nominations. 60% of the Grammy-nominated people for comedy album have been on Unmasked. Fuck yeah. Uh, Louis C.K., Weird Al, Patton Oswalt. The people who didn't do Unmasked, uh, Lonely Island, Kathy, Kathy Griffin. Fred. Yes. You know you've been my favorite intern I've ever had. Thank you. I gotta let you go. What happened? We gotta end it. Why? I'm getting reports that instead of doing your work, you're drawing hands during the show. That's and not true. Oh, man. I got the report in. Are you telling me the report's a lie? No. If I go into that room, I'm not gonna find any freshly drawn hands? No. Of course. That, will there be freshly drawn hands in there? Why are you looking around There's when I'm no talking to you? There's no hands there? in that Where room. Where the
6: fuck are the hands, Fred? <laughs> There's no hands. There aren't any hands in this room, Ron. I think he's holding it. Look,
2: him. you gotta understand. We do a good cop, bad cop thing, all right? We're like those kind of partners where there's a good cop and a bad cop. I'm the good cop, okay. so I want you to know that you're safe here. Okay.
1: I'm going to cut your fucking head off if whoa, you don't get me. these whoa, whoa hands. I okay. want you to meet bad cop. All right.
2: Now, I'm trying to save you from him. I know. And you I c- want you to just admit the truth before he kills
1: you. I am going to break your fingers so you can't draw any more fucking hands so if you don't where, fucking
2: start Where talking, are the pictures of hands that you've... You know, <laughs> um, where are they?
7: I I have them here <laughs> Alright,
2: so you lied No, I say. didn't
7: lie, they weren't in that room They're Let right me here with, say. what the fuck
2: Alright, over and over You're drawing hands <laughs> Do you know The difference between hands and claws Look at that That's something that what? should be coming out of a scary fucking tree well, that That's w- not a fucking hand That one's
7: supposed to be like a mangled hand You know, It's kind of like It was supposed to be It's supposed to look scary <laughs> I well, was trying to scare everyone.
2: Alan, Missouri, you're on my defense. We've
4: got a spy report.
9: <laughs> Thank Christ. Hey, uh. Spy report. Spy report.
4: Spy report. Patrice spy album. Re-
2: spy report. Spy report. Okay. Number one. Spy, on re- spy report. Spy report. Good. Say it, Alan.
4: Okay. Yeah, that's enough. Hey, uh, Patrice O'Neill's album, pre order album, is number one on iTunes.
2: Unbelievable. Damn. Wow. Thank you, America.
4: I ordered it myself and I uh, encourage everybody else to. The family sure can use the money. And thank, I, I want to go a shout out to Chuck who turned me on this show about five years ago. Mm.
2: Okay. Thanks, Thanks Chuck. You. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for the big turn on, Chuck. I wouldn't have had that call without Chuck. I only wish we would have let Patrice know how much we loved him. All right, there's Zito's picture next to Gary (laughs) Steinhardt. Is that not the same hairline?
1: It's like I'm looking into some sort of weird (laughs) mirror, but it's just
2: computer monitor. here's the weird deal that Gary does. He takes the back of his hair, he kind of combs it up, and if you're not staring at him, you're like, hey, he's got a lot of hair there. Wow, look at him. Oh, wait. It's a sham. Fred. Yes. I appreciate your time with us. But I cannot let you serve two masters. Why can't I do
7: both? Why can't I just practice my hands? Speaking
2: of know, serving two masters, whatever happened to my Lily? I never see her anymore. The other one has come over and, you know, she's back to screeching at me in the hall and running around and acting like, you know, not, none of this stuff was real. Because she's a reality star and Life there is just a fucking reality TV program. But Lily's a real person.
7: Yeah, I thought I thought Lily would come by every once in a while and say hello. You, know, you were
2: the fucking guy who was going to make shit happen, Fred. I'm trying to make things happen. Trying is what I don't want to hear. Doing but, is what I want.
7: I'm going through, you know, the person, and I'm negotiating with them. Who are you negotiating with, Lily? No, I'm talking with Lily, but I'm also talking with, you know, with Jennifer.
2: Don't bother talking with that nutty Jennifer. She's already acting like nothing matters. Everything's just one big reality program to her.
1: All right. It's all Jersey Shore this and Housewives that. Yeah,
2: dancing with the fucking whatever they dance with. I don't know who they're dancing with. It's somebody. Fucking Cupcake Wars. That's even Cupcake? <laughs> It'd
6: be hard. You go across a little They're the surviving. Side. They're
1: marrying millionaires.
2: Yeah. Oh Only for 72 days. X Factors, by the way, the greatest show that ever happened. Last night was um, Salute to Michael Jackson, and Blanket was there.
1: Oh, wow. That's a big get.
2: Blanket is actually talks like this. Hi, everybody. Oh. I'm Blanket Jackson. What the fuck? Yeah, something. It's <laughs> like part Michael Jackson's sperm and some kind of part scary ghost monster.
1: I think it's all ghost monster if it's fucking sound like
2: that. Well, it's part Michael Jackson, the king of pop. He sweated into a cup and then they mixed it with a man's sperm. <laughs> and then they put it into a goat. Oh. And his daughter is adorable. His daughter's got beautiful eyes. How? It's a good-looking family. I think her name is Thriller. <laughs> Those kids don't look like him at all. Your kids don't look like you, Fred. Yeah. Boy, your hands don't look like hands. You want to oh. fucking talk, or you want fucking bad cop up your ass? Because I will fucking kill you. I don't want on the fucking. Air. I don't want him to kill and me. I will go I to, I to d-
7: prison, and it'll be great. Did you to get a
2: call yet from UCB?
7: Well. It has been 11 days since the final graduation show, and they contact you 10 days after, within 10 days. You need to make it. Well, here's the thing. I go home, I check my email, nothing. And I'm just defeated at the I'm end of the day. I'm going to
2: fucking go down there and have a talk with them. And I'm going to pull you by your wrist. So I embarrass you like,
6: my child belongs <laughs> in here. My <laughs> child is better improper than anybody. Fred, is it 10 business days, though? Because there's a lot of holiday days happening That's there. true.
7: But here's the thing. At the end of the day, I get an email from the school saying that I've been accepted into 301. And I will be moving on.
2: Oh, my God. They're going to take your $350. <laughs> It is lucky true. You. Hey. Break
7: out that checkbook. I am so lucky that I will be paying them $350 to take the 300-level course at the Upright Citizens Brigade. How Theater. many courses
2: are all together? I think there's five or six. You five are going six. to go through all six. Oh. And then look at me, and I honestly mean this. You're going to get a TV sitcom. Wow. You'll get some mo- movie work, small parts, and, but people will be like, no, I really know him more as his TV character.
7: That would be great. I'd love to be somebody that people kind of recognize. (laughs) No,
2: you will be. And then you will be at comic book conventions. Wow. But with your own comic book based on your TV character. Okay?
7: This is crazy.
2: It's going to fucking happen for you, dude.
7: There's like so many things that I could do. I don't even know if I want to. I don't want to do just one of them. I want to do all All of them.
2: let's go through all the things you want to do in your life.
7: I want to do the comics. It's just like drawing, just like regular comics, ones that don't move. But I also like doing animation, and then I also like doing improv. I like doing,
2: you know, stand up. How about you have the first improv cartoon, where the fucking cartoon is going, what do you want me to do? Give me a character. Give me a fucking play. I'll blow
7: people's fucking minds. All right? Yeah. It's going to be really difficult. We're going to have to work on the technology, but... Well, you got iPads.
2: I guess. Just do it on an iPad. All right. It's really
7: need. Done.
2: In the future, fucking iPads are going to be born into your chest, so don't even worry about it. Holy shit. Put that down. It's fucking expensive. What do you want your cartoon to be about?
7: Um, Right now, my cartoon is just about kind of anything I think about. It doesn't have, like, a specific plot Mm -hmm. yet. But eventually, I'd like to do one that does have, like, a specific, you know, like, characters that develop and, and, um, you know, storylines. But, I, you know, I don't know exactly what genre. I'm just kind of, like, fleshing it out now. Just throwing everything against the wall and seeing what I like. And then maybe taking no, something just from take
2: the... your time. Don't throw anything against the wall. If anything, put it up there nice.
7: <sighs> well, throw it against the wall if I get very frustrated. Like, sometimes when don't. you're drawing. Like, with hands.
2: I got an idea for you. It's an idea for a cartoon. I'm going to give okay. it to you. Uh, you ever see a TV show called The Honeymooners? Yes. You kind of base it on them but you put it in prehistoric times. Okay. So, it's the same kind of attitude, except for they're, like cavemen, they drive around with cars made out of rock, and that they've got to just really push their feet with it. Okay. Or, like, instead of having a dishwasher, there's a small woolly mammoth down there who washes dishes. Okay. Sounds like a really good idea. It's a fucking great idea. Um... Uh, you could call it, name it after yourself. Call him Fred. <laughs> wow. Sounds kind of familiar, actually. Where's the picture you have for Winter Wonderland? Have you dr- drawn that yet? No, I haven't. I What the fuck? <sighs> Fez is inventing some new game shows for the Terra Bank, too. Oh, man. He left here yesterday, telling us he'd have one. What do you got? And I'm talking to Fez now and not Michael Caine. <laughs>
3: This is one I like to call "Who's on Bottom." Good. And it features the it's about the new movie coming out, New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. which is just loaded with stars. And so I give you four of the stars out of all the big names. tell me who should be on the bottom billing of those four stars.:
2: Well, how do the listeners win this? What's on that the there Bank? How's no, this Winner's winter, winter's Wonderland?
3: Oh, this was just more of a discussion thing than a... Well,
2: let's get back to the entire bank.
3: Oh, okay. And I don't have anything.
2: that fell apart. It's the way we want it to happen. Oh. I say on bottom is the, the person with the less experience and less name recognition. That's how I would do it. Like, I would put the biggest star first then the next biggest star, then finally the next biggest star, and then finally that supporting star.
3: Some of them are fairly even. So it might be difficult to figure it out. Okay. All right, we have first four. Zach Efron, Alyssa Milano, Jessica Biel, John Stamos.
2: John Stamos goes on bottom. What, you actually went and got stuff for this?
3: Just a quick thing.
2: And what do we have lined up for Winter Winter Wonderland? Do we get the picture of the stuff yet?
3: No, the picture of the stuff is not
2: right yeah. yet. John Stamos goes on the bottom. Yeah.
3: Barely being on Alyssa Milano, I think. Yeah, I was thinking Alyssa Milano would be on bottom there. But she's hot check. so... Let's just
2: agree to disagree.
3: Alright, the next four. Abigail Breslin, Katherine Heigl, Ashton Kutcher, Sarah Jessica Parker.
0: a on bottom?
3: <laughs> Abigail.
7: It's gotta be Abigail. She's not even an adult yet. Yeah, she's, in, <laughs> she's just a
1: rough fucking
7: crew she's in with. Everyone else has been in something. Well, with she was stars.
3: like an Oscar nominee, so I thought that would help her.
2: I, I think... Bottom. I think... Oh, never mind. <laughs> What's the next one? Bon
3: Jovi, Ryan Seacrest, Seth Meyers, John Lithgow.
2: Ryan Seacrest, because he's... Gone. on bottom? Ryan Seacrest, because he's not... Who's real. on bottom? He's not really even going to be on the movie more than probably just a walk-on.
3: Yeah, he he's not a movie star. He's a host. <laughs> so... Well, Bon Jovi's not really a movie star either, but he's a
7: star.
2: He's done a lot of movies, though.
3: He was in Bean, the movie. Same with Seth Meyers.
2: No one's running down Seth Meyers. He's fine. Yeah, He's
7: good. He's good to go.
3: He's not on bottom. And then our final four, Hillary Swank,
2: Michelle Pfeiffer, Robert De Niro, Halle Berry. De Niro. De Niro belongs on the bottom. Stinks. And nobody knows him. (laughs) I loved it. What was the name of that show? Who's on Bottom. Who's on Bottom. (laughs) What other game shows you got? That was it. (sighs) (sighs) Okay. I liked it. We can figure out who's on the bottom all the time. It's John Stamos. Who do you think is on the bottom here? Oh gonna go. But this was a movie.
1: Me. She knows on the bottom. I'm definitely on the bottom.
2: I'd be who's walking out the door.
7: (laughs) I guess I'm on the bottom since I don't get paid.
2: So (laughs) why does it all come back to money for you? I thought you were here to be an artist. I am here to be an artist. Unlike this other fucking place, I'm not charging you for money.
7: Oh, that's true.
2: You ever go over there and go, oh, I don't get paid here. No, you're fucking happy to be under a supermarket. Old fucking cash money, Fred. Just fucking. I've turned you into a household fucking name in fucking days. <laughs> and people appreciate you for your drawing and your comedy and your rapping. That's right, artist boy. Then you go over to that fucking UCB, you tie a belt to your dick and you run around telling them they're all the best daddies you've ever had. That's crazy. I let you play who's on the bottom like you're a regular fella. Do you appreciate that shit? I do. I appreciate all of it. Of course I do.
1: Doesn't sound like it. it sounds like you're shit in our mouth. No. Yeah, that's the taste I have in my mouth. It's human fucking shit. Oh,
2: no. So now you know. Because earlier you're like, what is
1: this? <laughs> all fucking show long, I was like, this is a t- weird
2: taste. John, you're in running fez.
4: Hello? Yeah. Hey, Fezzy, I just regurgitated my chicken cutlet and fresh mozzarella sandwich because of that game show you just
5: created.
2: Nice. Nice. I enjoyed it twice. (laughs) (laughs) All kidding aside, Fez, that game was beneath you. That game was lazy. You're fucking Fez Wally. You're the guy who's brought Michael Caine back to life. (laughs) You don't come in here with a game called Who's on the Bottom and think that that's going to get over. I came up with a fucking thing called Mike Zito or Gary Steinhardt, and people are playing that at home right now. I just show you the top of a head, you have to tell me, whether it's the producer for the Ron and Fez show,
6: or an award-winning novelist. I don't like this game, mainly because it draws attention to my receding hair. I think this one's Mark. That is him.
2: Cause he just grew that beard in. Can you grow your beard in, and Stash?
6: I haven't shaved in. It'll be two weeks tomorrow. You're fucking kidding me. I'm not kidding. Come on
2: in. I'm gonna see this.
7: Let's see the scruff, there, buddy. I seriously, I thought he had shaved like the thanks. Look
2: when we came back this week. I thought he was shaving (laughs) while I was looking at him. It's that fucking close. It's like peach fuzz. Right, you've got zero testosterone in your body.
6: The only the only part I've shaved is like right here on the low on the neck. Everything else, I can't
2: tell the difference. Yeah,
6: it's. I also have red facial hair, which is strange.
2: You know what you should do next time instead of fucking shave, is put some milk on your face, let the cat lick it. I bet you'll get the closest shave you've ever had in your life.
6: Okay, that doesn't look like mine. My...
2: No, just your head. And the guy's a fantastic fucking writer. So are you. True.
6: Well, I think. See, I, I, mine. Oh.
1: Yeah, as close as possible.
6: <laughs> Mine's worse because I like wear the hat back and it puts it back farther. I why do you fucking put a hat on every day? Because well, then you don't have to really comb your hair. Comb and it straight up like Kramer. Fuck yeah! I don't. It's I don't gonna know make it look that. like you got more hair. And then and then like you know, there's like balding in the back and that is just it's bad. A lot of bad going on, so I put the hat over it. Oh, uh, here's our buddy Arch. Hey, Arch.
7: Maybe I'd like to uh, hear some Michael Caine from Blaming on Rio.
3: You know who I'm blaming it on? <laughs> Rio.
4: <laughs> You're nailing it.
7: <laughs> oh, man. Somebody left the milk out. Who was it? It's spoiled. <laughs> Must have been Rio.
2: (laughs) You guys know that Rio is a city and the whole blaming on Rio is because, you know, we just got caught up in it all. no! Never never saw the film. (laughs) Of course not. There's no Batman. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) He's actually very awful in blaming on Rio. He fucks his best friend's underage daughter. In front of his own daughter. What? Demi Moore. Yeah. What? He's fucking crazy. And then by the end of the movie, they all kind of blame it on the daughter, and he walks scot-free. Was her name Rio? No. They were in Rio. That's the fucking Oh! Point. He
7: was in the city, and it made, it,
2: oh. like he made he him fucking crazy, like, blaming on Rio. It's like... It like, like just
7: makes you want to fuck other
6: people's
2: kids. It's yeah. Just,
7: I can't help it. I'm here in Rio. I got a <laughs> fucking <get> in. <laughs> or Syracuse.
2: You can't fucking blame me. <laughs> uh, Bob, you're on Run a
4: Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. I, I just tuned in. Is that Sean Connery in the studio today?
2: No, we've gone from laughing with to laughing at. Um, hi, you're on the Run a show.
4: Hey Ronnie.
2: Yeah, who's on the bottom?
4: Uh probably fans, but I'd like to hear Michael Kane giving it to Zito in the
2: ass. Uh Dave, you're on the Run Fez show.
7: Hey guys, I just wanted to, to back up the uh, the caller with the pointing out the statistical anomaly of the majority of your audience being Eagle Scouts for some reason?
2: Yes, we have a lot of Eagle Scouts in our audience. I thought it was
4: fascinating, and and I didn't notice it until the the caller, a couple of callers
7: before that, who said, well, you asked if he was involved in Scouts, and he said, yeah, I I got it as the
4: Eagle Scout, but it didn't go any farther than that. (laughs) Is there like a level of of Scouts that only they know about that they don't tell the public?
2: They they don't tell each other. I believe it's the Seahawk that you finally (laughs) get up to that. That as
4: far bad. as Eagle Scout, but uh, yeah, that's as far as it went. It's a pterodactyl scout.
2: <laughs> we have a very big Eagle Scout demo. I'm proud of it. That is. It's impressive shit. Yeah. I feel like I'm running a jamboree in here every day.
7: I always felt weird in school because a lot, a lot, a couple of the guys I knew were in Boy Scouts, but only, you know, the few went on to Eagle Scouts. And then you're like teenagers by the time you're doing that. And they're like, oh, I'm going to be Eagle Scout. And you're like,
2: why are you still, why are you still doing I that? I tried it as Cub Scout, but then when I heard the name blow from when you turned 10, no. I was fucking tough enough to walk around here. Now I got to fucking handle that. Nope. Not going to do it. Plus the den mother lit herself on fire. Whoa. Put gas on herself, lit herself from fire. Was she protesting something? No. I remember you saying that. Uh, well, the first I was told because they made her move back and forth to Florida too much. But now as I got an adult, that's not going to do it. And I actually remember thinking, I hope my family doesn't move back and forth to Florida too much. <laughs> I want that to happen to my mom. It's the kind of thing that can fuck you up when you're a kid, though. But what are you going to do? You know, you learn later. Um, let's go over to Mike Albany. You're on my defense.
7: Hey, uh, Michael Kane, I was wondering what you thought about Batman Year One and if you not being asked to be the voice of Alfred and it affected how you felt about it.
2: Oh, stop it. Jeff, you're on my defense.
4: Yes, I want to see if Michael Kane can scream it's a bloody double from The Prestige.
3: It's a bloody double.
2: Um, let's go over here to Eric, here on the face.
4: Hey, I think I've figured out why they have so many Eagle Scouts listening to your show. You know, Eagle Scouts are always priding themselves on being prepared. And when you listen to a show this awful, you got to be pretty prepared to listen. So, there you I go. Guess. Spy
7: report. Spy report. Spy report.
6: Zito's running Spy down report. the hall Spy right report. now. He's Spy report. Something. Spy
2: report. Spy report.
6: What is it, Zito? Uh, according to Opie, Jackson Brown right now down performing at Zuccotti Park.
2: So. I don't know whether I can trust Opie, though. A lot of times he tweets stuff like to the Bieber fans that aren't true.
6: Well, I think it's true because he, he said it in a way that was not the nicest way to say it. So What did he say? He said, NYC really making sure that Occupy Wall Street protesters stay out of Zuccotti Park. Jackson Brown is performing.
2: <laughs> See, that's disrespectful to Jackson Brown. So I
6: think he's there.
2: Don't you think it's a little disrespectful yes. to Jackson Brown the way he put it?
6: I do, but I want people to get the information, so I'm going to retweet it on twitter.com slash markzio. Jackson Brown's in here uh, every once in a while, but he's only
2: on Dave Marsh's show. And then Dave got, Eastside Dave got into the thing and rode down with him. I
1: remember that. Yeah, I think he's trying to get a video of him. It didn't work out.
2: Well, he always does that thing where he acts like he's on the phone and will be like, hello, hello, but he's actually taking what? a video. There's a
1: video in this fucking guy's face.
2: I had on the uh, Lighting of the tree last night And all these people have their cameras up And I'm like, this is going to be on TV You could just It makes no sense Well, they're probably all up on YouTube now We could watch it No, I've already seen it on TV It's a lot better shot
7: No, but see, this one's going to be really Wait, fucking bad Hold on Loud and Wait, shaking. In just a second It's going to go from dark to light And all the lights are going to come on the tree And it's going to be great
6: it was great.
2: Why do you got to put down Christmas?
7: I don't put down Christmas. I'm just putting down Christmas lights because they're boring.
2: They're it's magical. What? They're just don't lights. be one of those anti-Christmas people. I'm I don't want anti- to have a Christmas. bad Christmas this year. It's winter wonderland. It's a long December. You do not I ruin want this. this Christmas. I want this to be a nice year. You know what the, the problem with you is? Is because you're from down south and you don't understand Christmas.
7: No, we don't. I we don't really get Christmas down south.
2: What do you do every year? You sit around and hope that slavery comes back. Well, I mean, when you found out that you grew up in the capital of the people that enslaved other people, did that bother you or were you proud?
7: Uh, it bothered me.
2: In mm-hmm. what way?
7: Like I didn't understand it. Like I was like, how could you just own another person? Like, right. It didn't make sense. You ever to
2: see me to... with a check? So I'm fucking believable. That's why I dominate. Go ahead. I want to hear about you. I want to hear about young Fred. Um, yeah, it just didn't make did sense. Did you say like, why, Mama?
7: Why? It's like wait, why couldn't they just pay them to do the
2: work? So <laughs> <laughs> <See, laughs> you, you like admit it? Didn't a, make any sense? You would have been a better president, Jefferson Davis. <laughs> you know what? If we just pay these people, then everything's cool. Yeah, it.
7: did do the same work. They thought their economy was going to collapse as soon as they started like paying
2: people to work and. Steve, you're on my Hey guys, just wondering if we could
3: train Michael Kane to say cookie. Let's try it. Cook gay. Cook Cookie. I think that's all. Come on,
2: keep it going. Cookie.
3: Cookie. Cookie. Probably as close as it's gonna get.
2: Keep it going, I think he's gonna do it.
3: <laughs> I believe that's what a cat says. A cat says, Cookie. And I don't feel I should be saying it anymore. <laughs> I'll blame it on Rio if Rio's the cat's name. You can go to theanterrabang.com and see who does the best Michael Caine. Right now, Michael Caine in the lead over all the other Michael Caine impersonators. So enjoy that at the calm Cookie. Cookie. Kiss.
1: Cookie. Skippy.
3: Bloody cookie. It's a bloody cookie when that cat eats. Enjoys its cookies. Not a bright cat.
2: Cookie, cookie. Uh, January 1st. Desi. Yeah.
4: Can you uh, do a Michael Caine impersonation of uh, Miss Congeniality? Might be, might work good for you. Didn't
3: say that
2: film, uh, John. You're on run of fez. John, up oh, we lost you. Fez, you keep saying that. Have you seen any Michael Caine besides Batman?
3: I don't believe so. I think I've only seen the Dark
2: Knight movies. Fesno. You really have never seen a Michael Caine movie. He's made like a hundred.
3: I saw Dirty Rotten Scoundrels years and years ago, but I can't remember a single line from it. Hmm.
6: Did you see, like, Austin Powers, Gold Member? He was in that.
3: I didn't see that Austin Powers. Okay. (laughs) I was done with him by then. Done with him. Done with them. Did you see Alfie? I didn't see Alfie. What about The Muppet's Christmas Carol? Did not see that. Can you say Cookie? Plenty. Get okay, Carter. Haven't even heard of that one.
2: It's a good movie. Uh, Kevin, you're on the uh,
4: Did he say Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? Mike came. Anyways, uh, I was sitting here. I'm just uncomfortable. I'm all on myself. And that's a weird feeling. When you're uncomfortable listening to somebody... On the radio, but what makes it even better is hearing Zito and Hicks trying not to just bust out laughing
2: in the background. <laughs> that's because he hasn't had a chance to push the cookie thing a lot yet. When he does, that's when it's going to kick in. Uh, Craig, you're on my first.
4: Hey, buddies! I just want to ask Michael Caine whose cat says cookie because that's what they're supposed to say. This show sometimes, like listening to, it's like watching a retard walk through the fucking store with a helmet on. It's just uncomfortable.
2: You're fucking walking through a store with a helmet on. Wait, why are you uncomfortable? He's got that helmet to protect him. <laughs> got that fucker back. Face. Yeah. Helmet. Now we're back on top where we need to be. Yeah, fuck
1: the bottom. Yeah.
2: No more bombs. Um, David, you're on Running Fez.
4: Hey, Ronnie Fezzy, Fezzy Kane. In Britain or England, cookies are called biscuits, man. So you should be saying biscuit, <laughs> not cookie, man.
2: All right, try it, Fuzzy.
3: No, I'm not going to do it. Come on, just No, go. I'm done with biscuit, it. Biscuit, oh. biscuit. No, never mind. Biscuit. Biscuit. Biscuit.
9: Biscuit. Biscuit. Biscuit.
3: Biscuit. 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 Biscuit.
0: Biscuit. Biscuit. Biscuit.
3: Biscuit. The people are demanding it. Biscuit. 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 I'm Michael Kane for biscuits. If you want to risk it, try it with a biscuit. I'm Michael Kane. You've told us. And that's the end of the biscuits. We've taken the last biscuit. I know people enjoy biscuits
2: in England. I don't think he remembers how the biscuit, it's cookie, cookie, cookie over and over again. Not talking about cookies (laughs) or talking about biscuits. It's repeating the word that becomes so funny. Just the word. Um here's Paul, you're on run foes.
4: Hey Ronnie, get a song request from Michael Kane.
2: Yeah.
4: Can we get a little uh Jackson Brown running on empty?
3: Sure. Not very familiar with the song.
2: <laughs> uh Bill, you're on Run Bill, we got you, pal.
4: Yeah, sorry, man.
6: Hey, can you tell Fred to stop laughing like Jennifer Hut? Oh, oh shit! Man. Oh what shit!
7: Dick.
4: Oh, you hear
2: that? It. It's true, and you love her so much, you try to be just like her. No. Why would I want? Baby rule. You
7: know, I don't want to be just like.
2: Look, her. this should be a wonderful day for you. By the way, when's your next graduation? Because I'm going.
7: Um, I think it's the beginning of March.
2: Did anyone show up at your last graduation? That you? Yeah, know?
7: there was actually a good turnout.
2: Good. Yeah. I mean for you?
7: Um, I don't know who was there f- for me specifically, but oh. we had probably... 1,000? No, probably like 40 to 50.
2: All right. Which is a very um, good turnout. No, for... I know. It's not going to be football season. I'm going to be at the next one. Yeah. And I want you to be in your cap and gown.
7: All right, I will. <laughs> I'll be performing in the cap and gown. and
2: um... It's going to start getting harder now, though, right?
7: Yeah, it starts... You know, they, they separate the wheat from the chaff
2: at this point. <laughs> I like to keep the wheat and chaff together. I think it's better. Uh, Jeff, you're on my Hey,
4: buddies. Hey, uh, I didn't realize we had an unmasked with the uh, Geico Gecko today. I, that, I mean, it's been a great interview so far. Uh, great job, Ronnie.
2: Mm. I'm looking over at UCB classes. Yeah. You're going to be learning advanced Howard techniques. Expand okay. your group vac- uh, game vocabulary. Yes. Try out alternative long form structures mm-hmm. and continue to hone your skills at the game of scene yes then you 'll have opportunities to perform at the theater. Yes, what are some of these things what 's the herald technique?
7: The Herald is the structure of the improv show um, Its a very basic structure. Um you get a suggestion from the audience.
8: Biscuit, 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 biscuit,
3: biscuit, 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 biscuit. Biscuit 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 biscuit. Biscuit biscuit biscuit. I've been Michael Kane for the biscuits. Also snog is
2: kiss in British. I didn't know that. Uh Andy, you're on my fez.
4: Hey Ronnie B. I I got a game here. It's uh I, I paired a bunch of uh, gay actors together and you tell me who's on bottom. Okay. Alright, uh, Clay Aiken, Jim J. Bullock.
2: Uh, this has already been done uh by Saturday Night Live.
7: Yeah, they had was it an Alec Baldwin game who's on
2: mm-hmm. who's on bottom? Yeah. It was a funnier version of Fez's game from today. It's like, Fez's game today, but if you added humor. Yeah. But then again, they're all UCB graduates.
7: It's true. It's How
2: many UCBers have gone on to be on Saturday Night Live?
7: Um, Horatio Sands mm. was one of the originals. Amy Poehler, of course.
2: Oh, of course. Of
7: course. Um, Jeremy Piven? I don't believe Jeremy Piven was a student... Uh, or on Saturday Night Live.
2: so He studied theater.
7: He did, but I don't think he studied at
2: the U- UCB
7: theater. So, uh,
2: Do you that think that it's true, true that he never was jealous of his friend's success that he start with?
1: He uh, yeah, has got to be a little something there. I don't,
2: I, don't I don't think he is. I've only been jealous of other people's success with women. Nothing else. I think Pivot. Like my buddy Brad Pitt. I can't even think about him anymore these days. You guys were, you guys were buddies? Very close. Wow. Uh, wow. Remember we did Fight Club together. Wait, are you were in Fight Club? Holy shit. I keep getting me confused with Ed Norton. Oh. You're Ed Norton. Which one of us... Who's on the bottom? Jeff, you're on of Fez.
4: Yes, I'd like to hear Fez. Say popsicle queer stick in, in the Michael Caine voice?
3: That's not going to happen. You just lost your Michael Caine
2: privileges, sir. I've been working on my impressions. See if you like it. Homo queer All right, homo queer Homo queer
6: is what I'm feeling. <laughs> <laughs> homo queer That guy called it popsicle queer stick. Yes,
2: he called it a queer stick. He's been under a lot of fucking pressure lately. Someone wrote in, fuck this biscuit thing. I'm punching out. (laughs) We can pay the same. Punch out whenever you want. No one said that this is a show that you had to be at four hours a day. No, You
6: got to hear it all.
2: No, I don't think so. Uh, Quite honestly, I don't think you need to hear any of it. I don't know about that. No,
1: no, listen every all four hours.
6: Never stop. Replays at 1 a.m. Listen again. But at the beginning of this show, Fez didn't even
2: know he'd be doing Michael Caine. Now he doesn't even use any other voice but the Michael Caine voice, and he had that great game for you. Which person has had a lesser career? <laughs>
1: Stamos.
2: Um. Here's, uh Mark? Mark your own Fez. Yeah. Uh...
4: Fez was really close, I think, when he said cookie, and he turned it into bloody cookie. Uh, Is there a way that Fez could say wanker?
2: Uh, Let's see you play the sound clip game today. Five easy pieces. I don't know who did this, Hicks or Zito. So let's take a listen. Uh, one of them is a Britney, right?
6: Yeah, Oh
2: maybe it has to be Britney. Or is it the other boy band?
6: One oh. of them is a is that
2: because it's a turn of the fucking millennium sound. Right, let's go back and hear it. And I believe you put a Hall of Notes in there. Am I, I correct not. about that?
6: You're not correct about that.
2: Is Green Day in there? Let's hear it again. I swear I thought I heard it. I can't go for that. There was something like that in the middle. Maybe
6: you say it isn't so. Nope. Not in there. Look
1: at
0: this.
2: Uh, hit, let's hear it again. Oh, by the way, whoever wins this, it's over on the bank And you can play it as many times as you want. Ray Davies sign. Is it a book, right? It's well-respected. It's
6: CD.
1: King CD. Oh, CD. well-respected.
2: Jesus Christ. I really want that for myself. Huge.
6: You can get this. I want to
2: give it to my brother and go like this. Now he's the fucking loser. I just gave you a beautiful signed CD by Ray Davies. Give it to him and say that. I mean, just give him a gift. And I'll have him go, We promised each other we weren't going to spend money on each other. It was just for the kids. <laughs> and I'll just yell, Well, I know I promised, but I got you this.
1: Check this shit out.
2: So you shouldn't even try to buy me anything because you couldn't compete with this. Let me hear it again. <laughs> I really do want you to play Sadas and so for me now, because I think I hear that in there. You probably didn't know that you put it in. I played again, Hicks. I uh, hear Holy that. Oh shit! Yeah.
6: Are you telling me that's not in there? I don't right, even think lo- that's sampled in the song I used. Right,
2: let's go over and play it. Ah!
6: That's fucking yeah.
2: it, dude. Oh, so you're saying it's a rap song that might
6: be sampled? No, 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 no. Like I didn't. I, it's it's not a rap song, and this song is not in there. Uh, I think that they they may sound similar, but uh,
2: looks like someone has a lawsuit on their hands. All right, we're gonna do a thing. This is a little scene, UCB style. It's called. Michael Caine at the cookie store. What would you like, sir? Cookie. What? A cookie. Speak up. Cookie. What? Cookie. Say it again. Cookie. Five times real fast. Cookie, 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 cookie. All right, that turned into Fez. But the weird thing is that you say cookie differently every time. Now, do you think a person who said cookie would have, like, five different pronunciations for it, or you are just getting bored with it?
3: No, I'm trying to get the right Michael Caine sound down with it.
2: That's it. The voice that you just did now. That's me. That's not
3: Michael Caine.
2: Uh, Michael Caine at the cookie store.
3: Cookie? Excuse me? Could I get a cookie?
2: This is the Nookie store. So you can take that cookie and stick it up your ass. I'm in the wrong place. (laughs) Uh, Craigslist, you're on my face.
4: Hey, how's it going? I think I hear, you got that boy band. I think I hear some Billy Joel, and I think Everlast is in the end.
2: Uh, No, no, and no.
6: I mean, uh, there is we're a We're going to take
2: a but... listen until we get back. You can go over to the interior Bank. Somebody's going to get their chance to win. We've got a break here, though. You got a library to do? Mm-hmm. Michael Kane Yes. A Michael Caine library. Woo! Woo! Kane library. Oh, yeah, Caine If you're
3: looking for a fun way. To get everyone up off the couch, it's Kinect for Xbox 360. That's where it's at, people. The Kinect, it brings games and entertainment to life in amazing new ways. Take it from me, I'm Michael King. There's no controller required. There's no remote. You become the controller. See a ball? Kick it come to an obstacle, jump over it, flying objects are coming your way, you dodge them yourself. That's how it's played with the Kinect for the Xbox 360. Plus, the Kinect lets you control movies and music with just the wave of a hand or the sound of your voice with voice recognition. Kinect, it's easy to use, instantly fun, and works with every Xbox 360. Technology, it evaporates with Kinect, and it lets your real self shine through. For more information, log on to Xbox.com. Get your whole body, your friend's body, your family's bodies, everybody into the game with Kinect for Xbox 360. I
9: know what you mean. Ron Bennington, Fez Wally. The Ron and Fez Show continues next. The ferry boat duck things They ran it completely over. There's people swimming. The the ducks, the Philadelphia Ducks? There's got to be 50 people in the river.
6: In the river, lady.
2: In the river, lady. It's the Ron and Fez show. Uh, Get ready for your chance to win again. Not only do we have this contest that we're rocking right now to give away... Signed Kinks album, signed by Ray Davies. Uh, the Five is up on the Intera Bang now. Just like they did with the comedians, the Intera Bang now has the five sex symbols that captivated a decade. I'm going to take you through this, but then I'm going to give you a chance to do yours and win. Um, the 1960s, Bridget Bardot, the very beautiful. Bridget Bardot. Um, Pretenders wrote a song, of course. The reason we're here, as man and woman. So that's that's already working for Bridget Bardot. Now we go from the beauty uh, of Bridget Bardot into the simple girl next door of Miss Farrah Fawcett for the 70s. The, that's ridiculous to you? You wouldn't have... Uh... No, no,
1: ridiculously hot. Oh, She's ridiculously just, hot. She, it was
2: just, it, it, the poster alone
1: is just fucking crazy.
2: So, so far, you've got no problem with the 60s as,
1: uh... Actually, I, the person I was going to say for the 70s is actually coming up. Never mind. Go ahead. I thought it was, I thought Bo Derek was more in the 70s. Than well, the...
2: Bo Derek came in, uh, right around 1980. Okay. So, it might have been on one side uh, or the other of 1980. Bo Derek was your yes, choice just though?
1: Fucking just ridiculously hot Bo Derrick.
2: Now the interesting thing uh, her uh, husband which was, what was his name? Something Derrick. John Derrick I believe. This is his third Bo Derek. He had two Bo Derricks before Bo Derek, And Linda Evans her young pictures look like Bo Derrick. That's
1: fucking crazy.
2: It's crazy. Uh, So they got out for the 80s. The 90s, Cindy Crawford, that's the, uh, of course, Pepsi girl and model. And then for the new millennium, uh, they picked Britney Spears. I can't help but think that we're on some kind of downward (laughs) trek here when we start off at Bridget Bardot. And end up at Britney Spears. There are some of these I'm going to agree with, some I wouldn't agree with. Zeets, let's go backwards for you since you are a youngster. Last decade was it Britney Spears as the sex symbol?
6: Yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta say it. It was um, personally no, but for everyone else, definitely. How about for you, Manny Moore? I love Manny Moore. Yeah, that's not going to make anything. The Um,
2: 90s, Cindy Crawford, I'm not so sure about, uh, I know she might have been the most photographed. Was Stephanie Seymour in the 90s or was she she Seymour 80s? Probably 80s. Damn it. Um, and I'll tell you something else when we go to the 80s of Bo Derek. It's only the early 80s, then she kind of took herself off the table. She kind of had a very short run, and then she's like, "I'm done with this stuff." Uh, that's the, one of the best pictures that you can click on right there. If her there, yeah, her on the beach, nice. Seventies. Uh, is there anyone else but Farrah Fawcett? Because I'm, I could lean to a Cheryl Ladd, but then Cheryl Ladd wasn't as big as Farrah Fawcett. Cheryl Ladd was really gorgeous, though. She was beautiful. There is a Happy Days. With Cheryl Ladd in it before she became the Charlie's Angels, that she is so goddamn beautiful. It's unbelievable. And really grow next door. Now, if I went to the 60s, I would agree with the um, Bardot, but a lot of people would probably pick uh, Raquel Welsh. So I thought what we do here, uh, you can head on over to the Interabang. And uh, sign up for this. You're five. If I come in here tomorrow and I think this five beats the five that we've got lined up, what are they going to win for us?
3: DVD signed copy of The Deep, signed by Jacqueline Bisset.
2: All right. Wow. Which could have been a '70s girl, oh, or as funny. we used to say, Jacqueline Big Set. But I will tell you. Uh, Jacqueline said I had forgotten that we had her on the show. And she said, and she's a middle-aged woman now, and her eyes are so fucking gorgeous, you would rob a bank if she told you to. I think it happened to a lot of guys where they went way in debt being with a woman like that. The 70s were her time. Really good prize, Fezzi, because she is one of those women that you're like, she could easily represent a decade. And if I remember like the stories that she was telling, just you know, wherever there was to go, there was an open door for her. As a young uh person, uh let's go over here to Ken Long Island, you're on the Rena face show.
4: Hey buddy, what's up? Yeah. Hey. Barbara Bach.
2: Barbara Bach as opposed to that would be the seventies, right? Or is that eighties? Late seventies, yeah. All right, so probably could fit in either one. Uh, Was gigantic there for a while. And I'll tell you, I thought that Britney was a bad pick. But if you go over and click on these pictures, there's one Britney pick here that's stunning. That maybe she only looked that way for two minutes. But what a two minutes it was.
1: (laughs) Those first, like, three music videos, she was fucking...
2: Well, at first she was almost uh, too young. Uh, Jason, you're on the Run and Fez show. Jason.
4: Yeah, Ron. Hey, uh, I just want to tell you the, uh, the first batch I ever stirred was to the uh, Bo Derek Playboy issue.
2: The Bo Derek Playboy issue is absolutely iconic. And um, I'm sure a lot of people have met Bo Derek and blushed. Saying, I believe she knows. I believe she knows what I've done to her magazine. Yes. Uh Brian, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah.
4: Um, I don't know if it's kind of late 90s, early 2000s, uh, Angelina Jolie, right?
2: I would agree with that 100%. I think to say uh, Angel- Angelina Jolie at her peak, if you had a decision between her and Britney, I don't even think it's close.
1: She was on the fucking rise, and almost, it was at the point where, they're like, yeah, we know Angelina Jolie's ridiculously hot. But let me
2: say this. I think a boy would have been interested in Britney. I think a man would be interested in Angelina Jolie.
1: I remember when she was doing the late night shows or whatever. She just, kept, like, when she was a little bit younger, like, in the in notes that time, she came off as, like, crazy and awesome, and just,
2: you just want to fuck You know her. why we watched that one movie, the Hackers movie. <laughs> it isn't because of the great uh, plot. Uh, Mike, you're on the run of Fez show
4: to B. Mike yeah. in Vegas. Uh, what
2: about Pamela Anderson in the 90s? Pamela Anderson an employee, in, in the box. 90s was so gigantic. Now, is there some hanging around too long? Probably. But I will also tell you this in the 80s, I had the opportunity to meet Tommy's chick before Pam Anderson, and that was Heather Locklear. And Heather, looking at Heather Locklear, and this is like '87. It was like staring into the sun. I mean, she was blindingly beautiful, and even worse than that, incredibly like cool, easy, fun, not even dealing with it. Awesome. And I was thinking to myself, California must be a fucking confusing place. I don't think I could deal on that on a regular basis.
3: Pam Anderson for me was like Lonnie Anderson twenty years later. Where technically everything was there, but I don't know if they were the sex symbol.
2: At one point, though, see, like with Lonnie Anderson, you're you're letting the movie run out to when she was still working too hard at it. Mm. But when Lonnie Anderson came on, just like when Pam Anderson dropped people. I mean, Pam Anderson walked into Playboy and they went, fuck it. What do you want to do? Just tell us.
6: I still remember being in first grade, and she like did something with the WWF, where she was like at the Royal Rumble, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, like like she was beautiful.
2: See, that's why I think Fez used the line of Anderson because you remember, oh, they're trying too hard now, and that does happen. It's like when an athlete hangs around too long. But Bo Jackson was Bo Jackson. I don't give a fuck what happened after the point at his peak. He might have been the best that ever was.
1: Bo knows, baby.
2: Um, Your chance. Fez has come up with a great uh, prize for you. And I'll just go over here to Geyerson and read off. 60s, Raquel Welch. 70s, Farrah Fawcett. 80s, Christy Brinkley. 90s, Kate Moss. And then uh, the zeros, Angelina Jolie. That actually belongs on this list. Uh, Jim, sixties, Marilyn Monroe, dead for half of it, Jim. Seventies, Linda Carter. Eighties, Melissa, uh, Melissa Milano. Nineties, Jillian uh, Anderson. And then the zeros Jessica Albo. I will tell you, Jim has no possibility of winning. He won't even get, I will make sure <laughs> it doesn't happen, but yep. it's a good game to play. Uh, Mark, Mark, you're on the Run of Fez show.
4: Hey Ronnie, I got two actually for you. Yeah. First one, late seventies, early eighties, Suzanne Somers, and the- uh,
2: sorry, and before that, have that Barbara Eden. An interesting call on the Barbara Eden, but also let's go to the to the Suzanne Somers. Now she kind of people joke, you know, she did that stupid TV show, and then you know the Thigh Master, Step by Step. But go back and watch American Graffiti. He built a whole fucking movie out of barely catching a glance of her. Just the smallest glance of her and a person's life had changed. So there are... You've got to look at a lot of these people at their peak. Um, let's go over here to Chris. Chris, you're on the of Fez show.
5: Uh, yeah, for the 90s, what about Carmen Electra?
2: Carmen Electra was the dark-haired one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like... There, we could even do a thing of almost, she came across as a bad girl there for a while. Oh, yeah. And she was with Dave Navarro, too. Well, you look at Farrah Fawcett. That's not a bad girl. That's a very nice girl. <laughs> po Derek is a nice girl. Really Carmel like, Ector, uh, very bad. Just bad things. Uh, let's go over to Monty. You're on Fez. Ronnie V, what's going on? What do you got? How about uh,
4: Adrian Barbeau?
2: adrian barbeau um well not gonna make my list i'll be totally honest about it cliff you're on my cliff
4: yeah i got two for you probably for the 90s uh anna
8: Konakova and heidi klum
2: heidi klum not making the list is actually pretty interesting Seal was like the first
1: like new breed of like ridiculously giant supermodel. Almost. I
2: will tell you this: unlike a lot of these models, where the women know who they are, uh, Heidi Klum, the men know.
1: Oh fuck yeah!
2: Uh, you'll hear men going, "Oh Heidi Klum," um, and then she broke all of our hearts by going off with Seal,
1: and having just so many goddamn kids. Jesus Christ! She's
2: had ninety-five Seal babies.
6: She always has crazy Halloween costumes.
2: I know. I don't even get that. Why she's popular once a year. She's the queen of Halloween. Uh, let's go over here to uh, Jeff Yarmanifest. Lost you. Let's try Brian Chicago.
7: Hey, Ronnie B. I was uh, thinking Halle Berry for the early O's.
2: I will tell you something. That girl has been unbelievable. For may- maybe two decades. She's doesn't age. You ever know it's like you'll never say I saw a movie and Hella Berry look like shit. Even the movies she was supposed to look like shit, she looked great.
1: Fuck yeah, she was like some poor waitress in Monsters Ball. What the fuck?
2: Slingblade's fucking her on the floor, and you're like, I'd still marry her. Even while she's banging Sling Blade on the floor. She fucked up David Justice. You gotta give her credit for that. <laughs> uh let's go over here to Ralph, Ralph, you're on Fez.
4: Ronnie, how about uh, somebody your age? Remember Jane Fonda in Coming Home?
2: Well, you know, if you're talking about Jane Fonda in pure beauty, I would even go back and not give her the 70s. She'd have to be looked at for the 60s with Barbarella. And in my opinion, this is going to freak people out, Cap Ballou. I thought she was stunning in Cap Ballou. Um, Steve, you're on Oh, is
4: there? Yeah. Ronnie, hey, I got a couple I want to throw out for you, too. Uh, one from the early 60s, I think it was Anne margaret I don't think it can be complete without her. And another one of my favorites from the 70s would be Cheryl Teague. She was real, a real pretty one, too.
2: All right, it's a couple, beauty. That's
4: a couple of my picks right there.
2: Cheryl Teague was gigantic. Ann-Margaret, in the 1960s, she actually took on the role of girl Elvis. She was hanging around with Elvis started acting like him, wearing her hair like him. She's stunning.
1: She's pretty gorgeous. Stunning. That's crazy.
2: She may have to make this list. I don't know, but she's in the toughest decade of all. Bridget Bardot might have been the most beautiful person in the history of the fucking planet Earth. It's fucking. And that's because she had not. French photographers, too. That fucking helps. Where poor Anne Margaret's getting guys from fucking Wilmington, Delaware, taking pictures of her. Um, let's go over here to Matt in Ohio. You're a manifest.
4: Yeah, uh, late 90s, early zeros, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones.
2: I, I'd put her above Britney. I think Britney is the weakest, uh, link we have on here. Although this really pisses me off, these pictures are stunning of Britney. Someone, Better than I even remember them.
6: Someone we haven't brought up also is, what about, uh, Rebecca Romaine? Uh, Stamos? Well, I, back when she was just Rebecca Romaine. Same as O'Donnell now.
2: Uh, T for three, right? 60s Raquel Welsh. 70s Sybil Shepherd. Now, people are going to get confused and go, uh, go back and look at the last picture show. They were fucking driving off the road for this girl.
3: As another 70s one that had the cute angle. Uh huh. Barbie Benton.
2: Um, well, she was cute if you find fucking naked at the uh, Playboy. Uh, thing a little time cute, but adorable, and I do 80. Now, this is the weird thing. T for three starts with the Cal Welsh at the then Sybil Shepherd, then 80s Susanna Huffs. That's a weird move in the 90s. Winona Ryder lover, then Scarlett Johansson. Now, if you take a Susanna Huffs and a Winona Ryder, adorable people, sexy. And the personality makes them even sexier. But are you going to put them as the pinup for the decade? No. The problem with that is you have to look great as a pin-up. Yeah, You've this... got to be able to be pinned up and look great. i not very hot, but she's a cute girl. Um, your chance to win, if you go over to the uh we've got these pictures. By the way, do yourself a favor and click on some of these. This one picture of Farrah Fawcett, uh, when she had the hard nipples in the one piece, ended up in the bedroom of every single human being on the planet Earth. Every person between the age of 12 and 18 thought, I've got a cool picture. to put. We don't even have that anymore. There's no kind of pinups for a boy's bedroom. Oh, fuck no. No, it's your wallpaper on your computer, on your computer screen now. Uh, Kyle, you're going to run a fez.
4: Hey, guys, I know this might sound crazy, but Diane Lane, in the 80s, with the Outsiders, all the way up to now, in her 50s, is still fucking spoken
2: off. You never once have to apologize for falling in love with Cherry Valance with me. I understand. She took care of Soda Pop, and even his brother, Pony Boy, who, let's face it, she was really interested in. Come on. Um, Here's Chris. Chris, you're on Runa Fez.
4: Yeah, what about uh, Kathy Ireland or Paulina
2: Periscova? Very big uh, supermodels. Boy, this uh, list is already controversial. You can check it out on the Um We've had some of the experts get into this. Actual people who are world-class photographers have given their fucking two cents. And I'm saying I still feel like I know more. Good. Your picks go up there. Um, Brad, you're on the Run of Fez show.
4: Hey, Ronnie. I-, I got a couple for you here. For the, the late 90s, early uh, 2000s, Jennifer Lopez. And for the rest of the 2000s, what about Megan Fox?
2: B- both belong there. And a Jennifer Lopez, people are like, is she still doing... You can't dig away from the excitement she had when she was on. It and when she was shit. Ben Fleck, people weren't moving in this country without her name coming up.
1: Fuck no. No, I
2: guess you that. could say the same
6: about Britney, though.
2: Britney probably has been the most talked about girl of a decade. Some of it just train wreck.
6: We got to throw Lohan in there then for a brief period. She was a really big deal when she did mean girls. People thought she was really sexy.
2: But would you put it as the girl of a decade?
6: Not. Uh, no. No. If, I mean, you're, you're, like coming, a, a you're representing
2: period, an entire decade.
6: She had a three-year period, though, where she was fucking the girl, I thought.
2: Uh, she was the girl. Has she ever been the woman? No,
6: that's the problem. Oh
2: no. Some of these people—that's well,
6: a good Britney argument as well. Uh,
2: I agree. Some of the people that put this thing together obviously like them a little young. Problem area for some of those guys. Get Juice. all of us in the bar trouble. Well, we keep moving. I mean, you can see apparently on there, uh, Ronnie B has got nothing to do.
3: Tony Um, Catane probably could have taken the 80s, but went a little
2: nutty. Over a Bo Derek?
6: A lot of people went a little nutty to her.
2: Um, I mean, she definitely was the heavy metal fucking queen, but was she ever mainstream enough to hold the whole fucking scene for us? No. Like, your mom didn't know the name Tony Catane. But she's gonna know the name Bo Derrick. Uh, let's go over here to uh, Brian, you're in Fez.
4: No list from the sixties could be complete without Ursula Andres.
2: By uh, the way, a- the first a- Bo Derek that John Derrick had. Okay, shit. He was with Ursula Anders. God damn. Here's the other thing about John Derrick that makes him different than you fucking guys. He'd be in there fixing his woman before he let her go out. I mean um, he'd be like, Let's go over it. What are we eating today? Let's take a look at the bangs. Let's do the hair. Let me see your nails.
6: Jesus, Whoa, that seems. He,
2: he created perfection. He look correct. at that girl. He came correct. Does she not look like Bo Derek? And then go to Linda Evans. He went from that to Linda Evans to Bo Derek. So thank God he turned around and had died before he did it again. Before he worked his magic one more time. Banging it all up. Um let's go over here to Joe and Philly here on MFS. Joe. Hello. Yeah.
4: Joe. I got two for you. First I'll uh, go with uh the two thousand and Marissa Miller. I think she ranks up there by the hot one of the hottest women ever.
1: She was a sports illustrated uh model.
2: Let's take a look at her. Well, there's no doubt she's a very beautiful person, but is she the pinup for a decade? I don't know.
7: I don't well well know if she carries the weight.
2: Yeah, you've got to become that thing that I explained to Fez and Zeets. You got to become a household name. I, I mean, I mean that's, I, that's why we're not finding some beautiful girl from Akron and saying she deserves the '90s. How
4: about the '90s, Elizabeth Hurley? Yeah, not a big enough
2: name. Oh no, oh no! I think Elizabeth Hurley is a very interesting point. Now, what happened, at one point, there was a picture of her coming naked out of a pool, putting a towel on, and she had a monster bush. It might have been just a lazy getaway time, but it kind of fucked up her shit for a while.
6: It's a British thing.
2: It just wasn't a put-together look for her, even if you are the type of person who liked it. It looked more like, you know, Grandma's bush. Ugh. Uh, let's head on over here to Blake. Blake here I'm on Fess.
4: Hey, buddies. In the 2000s, this chick was everywhere. Charlize Therone.
2: A little bit of a dwarfy look to her, uh, but was on Dallas. Let's put her up real quick.
3: Oh, that's Charlene. Uh,
2: oh, so- no. This girl could have made it. Yes, you're right. She could be the girl of the 90s or even the new millennium. Forget what she uh, did in Monster throw that. No, no. I remember the exact moment I saw her, though. It was Two Days in the Valley, that movie. Oh, shit, yeah. And I'm fucking sitting, I'm just watching a movie, and it's okay, and it's not bad, and then she shows up in a fucking cat fight in a bodysuit, and I screamed out in the theater, best movie ever.
1: As you should have.
2: What time's the next fucking showing? <laughs> <laughs> when is this DVD coming out? Um, Nate, you're on run fest.
4: Um, before she thought she was funny, um, Jenny McCarthy, I guess that's the 90s, and then she started squirting out Waterhead, so you gotta keep that in
2: mind too. Oh, look, I'm not gonna blame her on that. Um, it is, sometimes, like I say, the initial thing should carry a lot of weight, and she came on strong. Now, did she help herself with that stupid MTV show? I personally don't think so. Um, Let's, by the way, Urban Housewife, right? So basically, now we know all who you guys masturbated to and in which decade? Maybe. Some of these things I think you can still masturbate to, even though they're period pieces.
6: Yeah. Ew.
2: Anthony, you're on the Run of Fetish show. Who? Uh, You were. On the for and Fez Me? show. Me? Yes, Anthony? yes, you are. Uh, how about
4: early 60s,
2: El- Elky Summers? Elky Summers. Here's one. I'm going over to the Interabang right now. Listen to this list. 60s, Ann Margaret. 70s, Farrah. 80s, al McPherson. 90s, Angelina Jolie. And in the zeros, Halle Berry. Dr. Shag has a damn good list.
1: That is fucking rock solid.
2: Um... There's no reason to hate his list. Uh sixties Raquel Wells. Seventies Lonnie and um it's done. his list is out. Here's one uh a lot of people bring up the Christy Brinkley. Jane Mansfield, they were done. Um Raquel Wells, Farah, Madonna. Elizabeth Hurley, Scarlett Joe. Now, here's the weird thing about Madonna. You forget how big it was when it broke. So much bigger than Britney was. So much bigger than Gaga is now. Now, here's the difference. There was suddenly these things called wannabes where you would go to a school and all of a sudden there's 18 Madonnas walking out. That's awesome. 18 Madonnas are walking out. So for our list not to have Madonna on it, I think is ridiculous. Now, there's also some bad bush pictures of Madonna. Yeah. That's going to keep her from winning.
6: That's sex book, right?
2: Now, but if I'll say this, you get to take the spaceship there, Hicks, and it's your sexual night. I can take you to planet Madonna at her peak, okay. or planet Boderic at her peak. What planet are you going to? I think we're going to go to the Bo Derek planet. You'd be crazy not to. The problem is she's not going to be pleased by you. And you're going to leave there embarrassed. <laughs> On a spaceship. At at least least, so that's that's awesome. Awesome. A lot of Scarlett Joes coming up. A lot. Suzanne Plachette. Charlotte. Becky DeMornay. Carmen Electra. Charlotte Johansson. Um, interesting, interesting list. You could actually play this for a while. Anthony, you're on the Run of Faze show.
7: Hi, uh, just going to say, what
4: about Jennifer Love Hewitt?
2: Now, tough to understand. Nice girl. Nice. Kind of, almost even cheesy, geeky, goofy, goofy, and then long string of cocks behind her. This long list of famous cocks that she's ridden. How does this fucking happen? They love her. Who are you?
1: They, these guys can't figure it out.
2: And the fact that she still hasn't taken a groom. Mm-mm. Her game isn't over yet. Crazy. Still being played. And in one of those slasher films, she came out with a nip sard and in America, I just said, um, what time's the next showing? Let's okay. get right back in here. I see
6: this, yeah. It's always weird when they shoot them in two different parts and their nips are hard and they're not immediately.
2: Brian in Queens.
4: How you doing, Ronnie B? Ronnie B, you are the genius of radio, just to so let you know. Uh, 90, Super genius. Heavy big lips, Brock.
2: It's a great call. Now, anyone who saw Celebrity Rehab may go, no, I don't get it. When she broke, she was the lady in red. She was weird science. People were mad for her. And the interesting thing is Bo Derek, who's on the list, had already stepped down by the time this happened. She also was rocking a fucking accent, which we found out today from Michael Caine. Very, very helpful. And sexy. Uh, so many contests going on. Let's play Zito's fucking contest very quickly here. This is his five easy pieces. I don't say it isn't so is in there somewhere. Definitely. And then I think the other one is right stuff.
6: Maybe. Who knows?
2: You recognize anything else, X?
1: I thought I heard Green Day. Is Green Day in there. I really think I heard Green. Day. I don't know. You it must be some
2: 41 then. <laughs> Wake up me if it's some 41. <laughs> Uh, Nathan, you're on running Fez Nathan.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about uh, I got Selma Hayek and uh, what's she? She plays out on a Ghostwriter and the Spirit. I can't remember her name. First of all,
2: you don't even know. Need to go any further. Selma Hayek is such a beautiful woman, perfectly shaped, and has an accent that isn't some stupid English accent. She's a wonderful Latina woman. But if we look over here, you notice the list on the Interabang is white bread.
1: That's right, Cracker Town.
2: So barrel. this could be called the Cracker Barrel fucking <laughs> decades. Scum your way. College do not apply. Let me hear. No dogs. No blacks. No Irish. Let's hear this again. I think I heard fast cars in there, Tracy Chapman.
6: Zero. There no.
2: Um, Joe, you're on run of Fez.
4: Yeah, I was just going to say uh, no one's mentioned Jennifer Anson yet. I mean, she can go two decades, you know?
2: I am going to agree. She's a beautiful person, had a lot of famous boyfriends, and has kept the front of magazines for like 18 fucking years.
1: People love talking about this woman.
2: She's a woman that even women are attracted to. She's fantastic. But how could she be on the list when Brad Pitt didn't think so? Oh, shit. Could you put her on the list and not the person that Brad left her for? That'd be crazy. mm uh, Joe, you're on Hey,
4: Ronnie B. How you doing? You Pepper got Hex. Business. Had, oh, sorry, Ronnie. Sorry. Right. Pepper Hex, I'd like to say hello to you as well. Right. But, uh, I got the women of the zeros. I love Mila Kunis, and I love Kara Knightley. They're both
7: tiny little sexy girls. Well,
2: man. let me tell you, Mila Kunis, um, is perfect. She's got those Russian beauty looks. Now, the beauty of it is, I never saw her growing up on that 70s show. So the first time I saw her was in that fucking crazy Jason Segel.
6: Forgetting Sarah Marshall.
2: Right. So he goes to Hawaii. So then I'm watching the movie. I'm like, who the
6: fuck is the <laughs> this girl? Is amazing. And I was, like,
2: I was like, I was she's been around for 10 years. I'm like, what, are you kidding me? No. And then I guess she grew up on a TV show.
6: Yeah, yeah. but that was the movie when everyone really started to be like, oh, shit. Well, like, she was hot on that 70s yeah, show. Yeah, but too. not like... Not I'm to extent you, extent with now.
2: Look at that picture there. She's a full-grown woman. She ain't a little girl anymore. Now, I haven't seen this new stupid thing that she did with uh, JT. Why? Fuck it. Don't tell me we're ending. We got so much. We should have began the fucking show with this. We're going to fucking spend 30 minutes of cookie, cookie, biscuit, cookie, cookie. 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 Snog. That's fucking crazy. Snog. Go over to the Interabang right now, I'm going to try to hook up audio on there so that I can talk to you and keep this going. We're going to do the after party on there. There's going to be a live podcast that goes on for the next 24 hours. I'm only talking decade by decade.
6: I'll get you a Logitech mic. We'll
2: what later. do you think, what decade is most disputed? I think it's this last 10 years.
6: Yeah, I think that or possibly late, yeah, late '90s into 2000s is definitely.
2: I think the '90s and 2000s is most disputed.
1: There's so many names coming up. we in the '60s and '70s. There's only a few names coming up that are pretty much cycling back and forth. But the '90s and 2000s.
6: I, I wonder if that's just a product of right now. All these people are really fresh in our memories. And at the time, if, we're, if it was 20 years ago, it would have been the '70s and '80s. Everyone would. Oh, been like, what uh, the it's fuck? a
2: very good point because you're like, well, then she fucked up. But in, like, in Deneuve, uh, Catherine Deneuve, remember her? That's one of those people that people just think about forever at their height. Bridget Bardot, you think about forever at her height. Bo Derek, if you happen to be me or Hicks, thinks that the human race could have peaked there.
1: Probably did. It's in a fucking. When
2: she was seat. running down that beach with her fucking hair all Crazy. knotted up. Reads. Running during that club footed fucking Englishman, <laughs> ready to fucking waste his little ass. Gone, Wearing full goddamn sweatsuit on the beach because he didn't want anybody to see his foot. Oh, club foot. <laughs> CF was a hell of a guy. <laughs> we all love him. I it for a while. Big prizes you can win by going over the Intera Bank. I'm going to pick a list by tomorrow. By the end of the show tomorrow, that will beat the interrobang list. And then if we're smart, we'll either give them a separate list, or we will, like the American flag, tear down the fucking interrobang list and put up the new one.
6: As long as you fold it correctly.
2: Because it looks like they didn't even work that hard on it. Like they just threw fucking darts at a bunch of girls' names.
1: So let's wear some attractive white women, I guess.
6: Can I put Michael Moore on this? I don't think so. I'll just pick I just I
2: don't up. understand how Jerry and Irwin and Karina Lazarski weren't on this list. Everybody loved them. Actually, if you're going to put Karina on, then her sister Diane. If you think about it, all three of those girls ended up in that family ended up winning Homecoming Queen. Show me another family like that. All right. That's it for us. We're out. See you guys tomorrow. Go to the entire bank. A lot of prizes giveaway. give away. It's Winter Wonderland. And that's the end of our show. And that's the end of my show.
5: Dong.